0: Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the UticaCast, episode 266. We are joined this week uh, by Maiden Utica headman Justin Parkinson as he makes a major breaking news announcement about, uh... Well, I'll let you hear that from him as we get to segment three. Also this week, we're doing a very special extended version of our Spoiler Things uh, segment where we break down all three seasons of the HBO cult hit The Leftovers, which I just finished this weekend, and it was... Well, I wanted to talk about it, so that's why we're doing it. Also this week, we'll talk about uh, concerns with masks at Walmart. We'll talk about the uh, the assault by federal agents on protesters in Portland. We'll talk about coronavirus issues around the country, stimulus packages, uh, AOC, history lessons, Regis Philbin, junk food, toxic phrases, all of this, folks, and so much more. As always, we are ecstatic to have you here. Oh. Welcome back, folks, to the show. It is the movie cast, episode 266. Mm-hmm. I have my sweat rag around my neck. It's true. It's a sweaty day.
1: Sweaty <laughs> day out here. Heat advisory.
0: Heat advisory out here in the city as we tape today. Uh, Kevin, it's good to see you. Cheers. Good to see you, sir. Ah, salute. Indeed.
1: I give you a heavier pour than I gave myself. I didn't mean to. Oh, That's no. fair. I'm a heavier person than you are. <laughs> a lot more space to disperse the Jameson. Uh, welcome back to the show, folks. A uh, little bit of
0: an interesting... Uh, Format this week. Uh, So, Maiden Utica's Justin Parkinson is here with a major announcement, huge Mm. breaking news about uh, Handshake City that we'll reveal in segment number three, our third segment. Uh, Because that's where he's going to show up. There is no middle segment interview. That segment has been moved to the end of this week's episode as we do a sort of extended version of spoiler things around the TV show The Leftovers, which I just finished this weekend. Right. Uh, so, that is sort of the interview. So, to
1: recap, you get two segments of me and Sam, and then at the end, you can listen to me, Sam, and Justin talk about The Leftovers for a long time.
0: If you want. If you haven't watched the show, I mean, you can still listen to it, it's probably fine. A lot of spoilers, a lot though. Of spoilers. A lot of spoilers. Spoiler heavy. And that's why we call spoiler it, heavy. spoiler things. I see. Uh, that's why I, I, call see, I call it spoiler
1: things. There
0: you go. Uh, at least on all the notes, whenever we do any of this stuff, that's what it's marked as. Um, mm-hmm. So, we have a lot of stuff going on this week, but let's start with some... Some lighter things. Okay. Uh, first off, how was your weekend? How was uh, how was the week that was for you, Mister Sullivan?
1: Uh, I find myself with very few complaints. Yeah. A little warm. Hoping this storm comes. Seems like it get it's dark gonna... out there. The wind's blowing a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Can't think of it. just another another week of the summer summer quarantine. Weird summer. You had your first show last week.
0: Do you have any inkling when your next potential show may be?
1: Uh, yeah, I've got two this weekend. Wow. Yeah, yeah, Doubling up. I've got a private party on both Friday and Saturday. Well, now
0: that the stimulus package is not as upgraded as it used to be, got to get back to work out there. I right? mean,
1: we'll take we'll take it. We can get it. You know, we're careful when we go out there, and we're luckily it's the time of year we can still play in like outdoor spaces and you know yeah, large spaces sure. and stuff like that. So that's really helpful. And we're um, we're kind of jerks about enforcing our space. Sure, uh, sure. we're kind of jerks about making sure <laughs> that drunk folks don't get too comfortable coming up on stage, like spitting yeah. your mouth and stuff um and we put it into it's in our language in our contract too for all the Mm. the parties we do and everything we've got amended language that says that you know people have got to make sure that we that they're doing what they can to help us with uh keeping their guests away and stuff like that did we have a
0: contract no no we were just sort of spitballing it back in the day right yeah even when we had our management quote
1: unquote they didn't quote unquote (laughs) (laughs) quote unquote no you had handshake emails we're getting paid in envelopes of cash and Jake City. We don't. I mean, there's. We don't have a contract with, um, with everybody that we play for and with. But like with a lot of things, when it's when you're booking parties and weddings and dates in advance, and you're basically a yeah. vendor for stuff like that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like if you want to book for ten months out or whatever, you mm-hmm. gotta you've gotta get some stuff on the record because you can just be like, I'll meet you there that day and give you the cash then. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we were right just right.
0: taking cash in hand back then. Cash in. Right. Hand. It's
1: different when you play out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when we play somewhere down on Barrack Street that we play all the time. We know that we don't even talk about it. We're sure. like, "Hey, you want this date?" All right, see you that date. You know what I mean? Um all right. So, what else? Uh what, what, else, what, else? what, else? what else? What else? Is that the new we're gonna beat that one? You I didn't know, mean slog so. that one. I think we should. Uh,
0: have. I um it's kind of a slow week, actually, around here, around the house. Mm. I got caught up earlier this week playing too much video games and then mm. did that self-flagellation where I stopped playing oh, video I games. I see. You being
1: hard on yourself about the video game. I see. <laughs> which is how I got back into I see, I see. The finishing leftovers. the leftovers. Yeah. So that
0: sort of happens.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Wild there, swings from extreme to extreme.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what happens in the time of COVID, uh, which is still the time we're in, by the way. I know that yeah. it's not always the forefront of the news every single day now. There's mm. lots of other stuff going on. Sure. Uh, a couple things though, that I want to get into before we dig into any uh, COVID stuff or any of the stuff going on in Portland. Um, two things. One, something I saw on Facebook and need to talk about. This should be a recurring segment on the show. Something I saw on Facebook we need to talk about. Mm. I'm not going to name any names or throw out any people. I'm just going to say I saw a mutual student and a fellow teacher having an argument on the internet. Like one, uh, a student that me and this teacher shared... Mm. and that teacher who I know having a to-go at each other on the internet. About what? I'd rather not say. It's not really... Okay. It's not super important. Sure. The point is this. I've always thought about teaching in this way. Right. right? What you should do is give the kids all the tools to make them excited to learn. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, your best case scenario as a teacher is to get kids excited about the potential that they can keep learning all the time, right? Right. They can take out information even when they're outside of school. They can always learn more stuff about things they like and then even Mm -hmm. about things they're not sure they like yet or things they're not sure they're interested in yet. You know, give them the platform that knowing stuff and learning new things and learning your opinion is positive and you can carry that on throughout your whole life. Mm -hmm. I don't like when people who are authority figures sort of punch down on students or kids for having, like, their own opinion about something when you're punching down with what is essentially your opinion about something. Yeah, 100%. You know
1: what I mean? Yeah, so, it's gross. Gross behavior. I just baby didn't baby. like it. No, I, no, and I don't I, blame it. I, I'm done with know, that guy. I don't know. I don't, know. I don't even know if this guy
0: meant it or this girl meant it um, maliciously. Do you know what I mean? Because sometimes I see a lot of people who think they're, like, I offering up... Don't
1: interact with your students on Facebook. Fair. <laughs> don't okay. interact with your students... You want to, if it's a graduation picture, you have a, a former graduation. student, by the way. Former student. Yeah, okay. yeah, sure, that too. But even even former student, until they turn 25, leave these people <laughs> alone. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's weird. Uh, I just didn't love it. And, I was, and not even
0: necessarily about the messaging or whatever. I just sure. don't like when teachers in general, specifically, don't, like, mm. validate stuff. You, know, you, can, you can correct someone if you think their information is wrong, or you can show them another opinion or another whatever, but it felt very punch-downy and mm-hmm. I didn't like it. That's all. Just didn't like it. Let's not punch down at each other, guys. Mm. Uh, All right. And then the other one I saw is, okay, I don't even know how to frame this, man. Mm. Last week, I mentioned that there was a Claudia Tenney story that was floating around Mm. uh, about her team and a consultant and text messages that were going around about the potential political benefits of violence at the Utica and Binghamton protests. Yeah. Um, Okay. So I got followed today by a Twitter account that you go follow. Uh, It's called Luke Rodell. L-U-K-E-R-A-D-E-L, all right? Mm. This is the only other source of information I've seen on Twitter about this, Mm. right? And I'm bringing it up because he notes on his thing that you must credit his Twitter elected news. I don't know if I love the name of that news, by the way. Mm. Uh, But either way, do your thing. So I don't know how far you want me to go into this, but this is sort of the thing I was talking about last week, and I'm unsure if you were aware of this already.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I saw the stuff. Um... I can't. Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't know about this guy. I didn't read like his thread. I read the right. messages and like what it was. That's how people like it and retweeted it. Um, uh, yeah, that look. That looks about. Of course. I mean, I don't. Uh, uh, if anybody is looking for surprise, you've certainly come to the wrong right. guy. Um, I'm sure if you could get every record communication, you would find a lot worse. I mean, they were they were out there saying specifically like at a national level, that even sending all of these. Unmarked soldiers in the cities is about creating viral content online. Like right. that's the whole thing is they're trying to take advantage of like you know crime and anarchy in cities that they're you know pitching mm-hmm. as as getting people scared and being like oh you gotta vote for us. Cause it's madness in the cities, this whole law and order thing. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Like she's an app, she's a deplorable scumbag. I'm well well avowed on the record on this. Yeah, show for sure. I- that she's the worst. um So I bet she says way worse. I just wonder well, I've heard she says way worse. You know I mean, what I mean? Like I'm just finding it weird that this story was bouncing around last week and then this week the only other thing I hear about is this
0: relatively brand new Twitter
1: account. Right? Well, if, because it makes sense. If somebody were to get it, would they would yeah. it would have to be a somebody to get it. You right. know what I mean? Right, right, not, right. Jake Tapper's not gonna be the one who recovers the text messages in the New York <laughs> twenty two race. Yo, tapper, call me. Uh, that's it. That's all
0: I got for that. So we can move on from that. If there's anything else for it next week, or if you want to read the tweets that are out there, uh, yeah, I hope
1: I hope it gets traction. Yeah, I hope it, yeah be Luke
0: great. at uh, Elected News is the name of the Twitter handle. Neat. Uh, <laughs> Neat. What would you What would you name your political Twitter if you had a specific politics only Twitter that you were going to be tweeting from?
1: Uh, the Washington Post. <laughs> it's me. I've been Bezos this whole time. Everybody, <laughs> mask off. The mask is off. Uh, now, do you have any questions for me? Uh, so
0: I saw today on Vox that Republicans are. Preparing to unveil a long-awaited one trillion dollar coronavirus relief package uh, that would uh, reduce the enhancement unemployment bonus that people have been getting from six hundred to two hundred, so you'd still get that two hundred dollar bonus. Mm. Are you
1: are you surprised? They had said they wanted two hundred a month for a while. Was what they were saying two hundred a month total? Yeah, huh? Was what they were saying for a while. They they've floated a lot of different numbers. Do you think we'll see some sort of extended stimulus package? Something will have to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, something either that or. Or anarchy in the streets. We've never had this many people unemployed in the history of the country. You have to do something. If people... You can't just be like, well, I don't know, figure it out, find some food, figure out how to pay your rent. People will figure that out, but it will be very bad. But that's kind of what they want, is it not? People get in the streets, people get desperate, and they can send in their jackboot thugs to put them down in the name of law and order.
0: We're going to talk mostly about that today. So if we want to get into that now, we can. I had some other coronavirus stuff. We can save that till afterwards if you'd like, and we can get right into what's going on in Portland, if that sounds more in the zone for where we are. Sure. Uh, All right. So let me get to where we are then. Uh, So I saw this in The Guardian today. It was a report that says there have been zero murders in the U.S. over the last 25 years linked to anti-fascism. And I just thought that was an interesting piece on top of everything that's going on mm. uh, in Portland and in cities around the world. Mm. This is like, this is like open like fascism, yeah. right? <laughs> like we see yeah, it. Yeah. I'm I'm just I'm not surprised that it's not
1: getting even more news coverage because it feels like it is getting a lot of coverage. But this is nah, it's not getting any real news coverage though. You know what I mean? Like puff, puff pieces on like Twitter blogs and like little like bits and pieces and stuff. Nobody's actually really dissecting it and talking about it in the the mainstream news media. I think for the most part, you will see a couple op eds, but like this isn't being covered the way that people just cover stuff during the Watergate times.
0: Uh, well, Trump is you know said he's going to send a surge of federal security forces to U.S. cities to crack down on crime. Uh, Chicago and two, other run city, or, and two other domestic run cities are being targeted. Democratic run, Democratic run, yeah, of course. Why wouldn't it be? Of course. <laughs> why, why wouldn't it just be Democratic run cities? Um, I mean, Cuomo essentially said he does not want them there. Don't send them. Nobody wants them. I don't. I, it just feels so gross and evil, and I see this take a lot. And I, you know, I don't like to perpetrate the same take over and over again. Mm. But where are all these like? I'm going to, second amendment, I'm going to hold
1: my guns against the oppressive U.S. government people now, when... That's, I mean, that's giving them, that's working under some assumption that they were ever saying that in good faith in the first place. Well, right, yeah. I don't yeah. think that... Yeah, I, I don't, that's not, you know, hmm. again, I'm not the, I, I cannot be the port of surprise on this one. Yeah, of course, these people have always been arguing in bad faith. They're not actually, what they mean about rise up against the tyrannical government is, I mean, keep things the way that we want them I and keep people in their place. Uh, So, in Portland, there's been more than
0: 50 days of demonstrations. Mayor Ted Wheeler was tear-gassed by federal agents while attending the city's Mm -hmm. protest on Wednesday night. Uh, Speaking to the New York Times, he said this. This is an egregious overreaction by federal officers, that he had seen nothing that had provoked this response. This is not a de-escalation strategy. This is flat-out urban warfare, Mr. Mm. Wheeler said. Uh, Yeah, and that seems to be the story that is coming out on this, is that, for all intents and purposes, these protests were winding down. Mm-hmm. And then this influx of yeah, federal yeah. agents has been, you know, perpetrated to keep that Portland, going. On. The
1: Portland, and their police department, were working it out uh, on their own, and things were winding down. They had made some acquiescences, you know what I mean, and things were calming down. And then they went in. The whole point of sending in all these troops, they're trying to pick a fight. Yeah, pick a, like what? What William Barr is going for right now is to pick a fight. Any violence, any fighting that goes, they they pray for a reason to open fire on people, mm-hmm. and it's. None of this law and order, we've all people are rioting and looting and burning down everything. None of that jives the actual reality. That's all disingenuous, bad faith, garbage. And luckily, we live in a time where if you're somebody who wants to challenge your beliefs and use some critical thinking, there's tons and tons of resources available of direct live video feeds where you can watch exactly what's happening. You know what I mean? Like everything is more covered than it's ever been, so there's no excuse for being uh, ignorant or in the dark
0: couple things i've seen out here uh have you seen the wall of veterans and grandparents that have been coming out yeah. uh, to support people mm-hmm. uh i've really liked the dads with
1: leaf blowers mm-hmm. i've also seen footage of guys with lacrosse sticks mm. throwing the tear cast i've always said the lacrosse stick is one of the bad most underrated uh, <laughs> yeah. improvised melee weapons that exists it's wild it's very so many you uses it one hand and it's hard so many uses
0: uh yeah, and then, of course, uh, I'm also seeing a lot of footage of, like, this Vietnam vet who got sprayed in the face. That one always makes me really upset, too. Like, mm. you mean, like, these guys who are on both sides of the argument, who are, like, pro-military because they're former military or have mm. respect for the military, but feel it's their right to stand up, and they're getting, like, tear gas in the face, too. Yeah. You know I mean? Like, it's not... <sighs> Good for this guy, former Army medic, Mike Hastie. Hasty. Mm. Good for him. I saw that footage. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I have a little bit more on this, I suppose. I guess we already talked about the lacrosse sticks. Although I did see this one. This is probably the darkest thing I saw here. This is from Newsweek earlier this week. Uh, it's that federal agents in Portland are accused of war crimes for destroying medical supplies. That's because is... they've been doing war crimes. That's why they've been accused. Because Viol- they're guilty. Yeah, violating the Geneva Convention. Uh, by uh, covering medical supplies and protective beers in some sort of searing orange liquid, which sounds very... Yeah, pepper spray is what that uh, is.
1: Uh, yeah, no, the, that's the thing. The meat cowards. <sighs> man. It's, uh, this
0: feels really super dark times. Like, even more than just the straight-up coronavirus stuff going on. Yes, correct. This feels really end timesy. Yes. In a way that is unsettling to watch. Mm-hmm. And again, I, it's just like all the stuff going, even all the way back to just the George Floyd thing. How can you not watch some of this and just not feel disgusted mm. on a sheer level of being a human being? Mm. That's what I—that's what I wonder when I see all this bad faith out there in the world mm-hmm. for these discussions about it. I just gives me a lot of heartburn, and I care not
1: for it. People have a really tough time on um, the wrong people. A lot of people look at empathy as a bad thing. Mm. A lot of people are proud of not being empathy, uh, empathetic. A lot of people yeah. are just arrogant contrarians who won't, you know, who want to say otherwise. Whatever there's a lot of reasons for it. But it's, yeah, it's. I don't, you know, I can't identify with it. No, you
0: know,
1: but I don't know.
0: All right, well, we can go to something else if you want. I'm sure the story will continue. We can talk more about it next week. But it's just, you know, I don't know. It's one of the. Darkest chapters I can remember in a really long time. It's it's the darkest
1: yeah. chapter. Yeah, it's the darkest chapter yeah, we've darkest had in times. in for our lifetimes. Yeah. Most people alive's yeah. lifetimes. Correct. Continues to go. It's gonna get. I mean, yeah.
0: All right. Let's move on to some stuff. Uh, here's a here's a story that I'm getting tired of reading about coronavirus. Sure. Um, and it's here's a business that is gonna struggle because of coronavirus. And mm. this week's winner is beach towns. Reading this article today, beach towns are devastated. They won't survive the summer of COVID nineteen. Yes, makes a lot of sense, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But I mean, a lot of people. Are, this is going to happen to a lot of people. I feel like I'd read this article once every two days now.
1: Yeah, because I mean, it's not. It's it's easy. F- human interest is always easy fodder. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, it's yeah. it's heartbreaking. Not, I mean, I think yeah. about. You think about Sylvan Beach, you think about Old Forge, yeah. New York, how much Old Forge means to me. Nobody can go up there mm-hmm. and I open it in a new chain of forests. Yeah, people are in a lot of trouble. I mean, I'm not laughing about the devastation of Beachtown, certainly. I'm just
0: mm. sort of pointing out this new recurring theme in journalism that I'm seeing almost every day. The,
1: I mean, the recurring theme in life is a yeah. lot of businesses are really, really yeah. hurting. Yeah. Uh, all
0: right, so again, as we were saying, coronavirus, uh, this is from the Wall Street Journal. Coronavirus is back with a vengeance in places that it all but vanished. Uh, we're talking about places like Japan. Uh, Hong Kong, China. So, again, I wonder... Like, New York has this sort of feeling right now. Like, a lot of people in New York are feeling very confident about the way Mm. New York has handled things. Yes. I wonder what the flip side is. Like, how much trouble it will be if all of a sudden the New York numbers go flying back up. Like, what does that mean? Do you know what I mean? Then then you start to... I don't know. I think there's still this idea that you can only get it once. Yeah. People still sort of think that, like, once... Mm. You got it. Then it's over. And now we're starting you see to see that.
1: You see this time after time with all this coronavirus stuff. You talk to a lot of people who have a tough time managing their emotions, and they'll they'll basically they'll like make up some notion like, oh, well, you can only get it once because I vaguely heard somebody somewhere one time yeah. say that might end up being the case. But that's what I choose to believe. So I'm going to ride this horse into the into the end. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, and that's it because that makes me feel better, and I can't think about it, and I'm so mad because I'm so scared.
0: Uh, here's a story about being mad and scared. Uh, Walmart, which earlier this week said that they were going to, um, put a rule in where everyone in the store must wear a mask. Walmarts are now saying they won't enforce their rules on wearing masks because they fear that staff could be attacked by shoppers angry at being challenged. I mean, smart. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of... smart. I feel bad for these poor people, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's definitely going to
1: happen. It's terrible. Do you see... I see the people anytime that I... Anytime that... Life has been so unkind to me to hand me a series of circumstances where which I find myself in a Walmart these days. Happens. Um, I look at all these people working there, and like if I was somebody who decided I didn't want to wear a mask and I wanted to make a scene about it, and I was somebody who was like an unhindered individual, there's not. it's not UFC fighters working at Walmart. No, it's true. You know what These I mean? Are like it's like not voluntary type folks. Yeah, yeah. Folks. You don't have like the American gladiators yeah. patrolling the self checkout area. Yeah. <laughs> bah, 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 bah. <laughs> you know they what I mean? Those so, <laughs> but also, also, uh, um, it's tough because Walmart's got more money than God, and they can easily hire people or hire better people or train people to enforce this kind of thing. But also, like at a certain point, Walmart, would you put like private security cops in your stores?
0: Yeah. Uh, Home Depot, Lowe's, CVS, Walgreens have also essentially said the same thing. Like they are asking and instructing people to wear a mask, but they're not going to fight every single person who it's comes tough. in. Yeah, I just feel I feel like it's a real thing, and like shame on humanity. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like yeah. for are just not wanting to do it. Uh, oh, I have one mask related thing I wanted to share with you. Uh, okay. Have you noticed that? Our beards are so long now that when we wear a mask, we have the weird, like, beard that comes out the bottom. There's no way to make oh, yeah. it look nor- <laughs> There's no way for me to look normal no, no. with the mask. I got, like, all what sorts you of you just kind of <laughs> you out there in the world. Just weird They hair. see you, they see you no, in the room. They I don't, don't, I don't care. I just think it's funny. Uh, okay, here's our good friends, uh, Sinclair Media, back You're, in the that's news. That's your boy. <laughs> Sinclair Broadcasting. Uh, Sinclair Broadcasting on Saturday said that it would delay its scheduled airing of a new segment, featuring a viral conspiracy theory surrounding Anthony
1: Fauci's role in the
0: COVID-19 pandemic, uh, specifically that he
1: created it. Yeah. <laughs> this is- A.K.A. the thing you see all the dumbest people from your high school talking about on Facebook.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, they scheduled the air an interview with Judy uh, Mikovits, who I'm only saying her name so you know what a fraud she is, uh, a medical researcher featured in the pandemic video, that, again, claims that Fauci, the nation's top infectious disease expert, was responsible mm-hmm. for the creation of the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. I mean, a guy who throws a, a baseball like that doesn't seem capable of being responsible for
1: creating. Well, it makes he you see- trust his science even more. That he, true, can't he can't throw a baseball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. If, if anything makes me trust the man's science is that he can't throw a baseball. He looks like he's never thrown a baseball in his life. Um, that's a man of science. That's true. Uh, and again, though, there's like a whole article on Vox about this if you
0: want to get deeper into it. We don't have. We don't want. <laughs> yeah, if you
1: want to dive deeper into conspiracy theories.
0: Yeah, about COVID conspiracy theories being funded by institutions meant to inform just the public. Just get on YouTube and wait.
1: Specifically, Sinclair
0: Podcast Group. Uh, yeah. They're planning on it, allowing it to air eventually, just not this time. They didn't say they're not going to air mm. the Fauci created the coronavirus uh, segment. They're just going to hold off a little bit. Scum. Going to wait on it a little Scum. bit. Scum. Uh, what Next. else? Scum. What's. <laughs> further down in my list. Speaking of scum, uh, Donald Trump earlier this week said that he will not be betrayed again when listing his new choices, his new list for SCOTUS. So now he's come up with a very specific list, even as opposed to the list he had before for all the people he picked. Mm. Uh, But now he says he's only choosing from this very specific list and it's more important than ever. So he's really going to double down on SCOTUS stuff, which is why it's more important than ever to vote this man out in November. Get him out.
1: Mm. Terrified. Mm. How, Ruth's got cancer, hasn't she? She's in and out with all that. <laughs> She's uh, tough. She's hanging on. Uh well. We don't talk about it.
0: Uh are you surprised that Joe Biden has not picked a VP yet? No.
1: It's too early. Too early? Nobody pick one yet. Yeah, it's okay. not even it's not, not even people, like it's not even like convention time. When do people typically do it? I feel like it's Soon. Sooner. Very yeah. soon, yeah, yeah. I mean it's imminent. I wouldn't be surprised to see it. You know, any day now. But sure. technically, he only just truly won the nomination not very long ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though he's been imminent for a long time, like pe- pe- people forget because we live in this weird dilated time scope, Yeah. But like, as somebody who follows presidential yeah. elections, yeah, yeah, we—he's still well on the normal timeline.
0: Yeah, everything. Yeah, I guess because we're all just sort of like, what's going
1: on? Yeah, because all... nobody, because everybody's waking up and doing their first run through American civics, yeah. and we welcome everybody because <laughs> your responsibility as an adult in this country. Uh, quick, uh, I'm done with this guy. I got two of them for you this week. First one, mm, oh, I was done with the guy. I got to
0: remember who now, though. Oh, that's fine. Uh, I, I I'll give you a minute. Uh, mm. The first two are these two husband and wife lawyers uh, from St. Louis. Uh, I, Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner. Oh, sorry, Mark and Patricia McClowski, the people who waved the guns at protesters during the Black Lives Matter protest. Uh, they're gonna be prosecuted with charges for threatening protesters with guns. Uh, they're that's probably. That's it. Pro- Go ahead. They're probably gonna get it like, um, what do you call, pardoned by the mm-hmm. by the government? But that's fine. White it out. <laughs> White it out. Hey, oh, uh, yeah. I just I hated those guys. I thought their reaction was terrible. Yeah. So
1: yeah, because here's the thing: like idiots and uh, the idiots who listen to them will say that like, oh, they're defending their property. and These people are true Americans and rah rah rah, rah like all that dumb stuff. Uh, nobody was coming on their property. They were just going by. Everybody was marching right by the property, nothing happened. They came out acting wild and yeah. acting nuts with guns, you know what I mean? And if that had been people coming out of the house storming out like that and it was somewhere in a different neighborhood and those people that looked a little bit different, I think that would have been handled a lot differently. Yeah, um, I'm sure. And those people, they're, they're obviously just the worst. Like, that's the thing to so, go, prove to me that they're the worst. Prove it to me right now or it's not real. <laughs> Listen, you and I both know those people are the worst. Yeah. We know uh, those people.
0: Surrey <laughs> Governor Mike Parsons said he would like to pardon a couple if they were charged. But that's fine. Charge them anyway. I don't, I don't mind.
1: Yeah, cool. Let's do it. Uh, show other, yourself. <laughs>
0: show yourself, coward. Uh, and the other one was uh, Ted Yoho. Mm. Uh, he's been all over the news uh, as the mm. representative who called Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez a yep. quote-unquote fucking bitch. There's my mm-hmm. two swear words for the week. Um, and then she sort of dogged him on the court, uh, the, on the House of the Senate. It was amazing. Sort of nothing. She waxed the
1: floor. Yeah, then. it was she amazing. Gave a, she gave a ten-minute speech it's one of the most important speeches I've seen made by anybody in American politics in you know in the last decade
0: and then can people continue to try and drag her for it as, as is the way
1: is there anyone that uh, people on the right hate more than her right now I mean still like Hillary they're just trying to do what they did to Hillary to her they figure if they attack her as a clown for the next 10 to 15 years well she becomes old enough to run by the time she's run she'll be so damaged that they can butt her Benghazi emails her in some way shape or form same thing they did to Hillary they started that shit in 94 and 96 with her uh, yeah, so Ted Yahoo, Yoohoo, whatever. Yeah, Ted Yahoo.
0: I'm done, done, done with this guy.
1: Done.
0: Um, also, one last AOC story. I saw her speaking out this week on an interesting subject about she wants the military to stop uh, essentially using uh, esports to recruit for the military, which is totally real. Yeah, yeah. Big <laughs> Some time. real shit I've seen. Good time. Yeah, so good for her. That's what's interesting about having like a young politician. I'm saying because it's like wow, I'm shocked that someone's like aware that esports is advertising military stuff to minors, right? Right, I don't think a lot of like representatives are aware that exists as a thing, so there you go, good for her. Uh, all right, I guess we're not going to the interview this week, we're going to
1: we're just gonna go somewhere, then we'll be back with history. (laughs) We're
0: gonna take a quick break, uh, and we'll be right back with this week's history lessons. Uh, yeah, so there you go, Christian Music. ready for them. History lessons. Mm, Here, I've noticed recently I've tried to get a little more serious with some of these history lessons. Mm. Uh, And this is one that I will just essentially read pretty straightforward through. We can have a conversation about it afterwards. Uh, On this day, 1868, following its ratification, uh, the 14th Amendment granted citizenship to all persons born or naturalized in the United States, including formerly enslaved people, as officially adapted into the U.S. Constitution. Mm -hmm. Two years after the Civil War, uh, The Reconstruction Act of 1867 divided the South into five military districts where where new state governments based on universal manhood suffrage were to be established. Uh, This became known as Radical Reconstruction, which saw the 14th Amendment, uh, which had been passed by Congress in 1866, ratified in 1868. The amendment resolved pre-Civil War questions of African-American citizenship by stating that all citizens born or naturalized in the United States uh, are citizens of the U.S. and the state in which they reside. This amendment reaffirmed the privileges and rights of all citizens and granted all these citizens the equal protection of law. So there you go. Super important. Uh, We can talk a bit more if you want to have some more here about uh, Plessy v. Ferguson and also uh, Brown v. Board of Education, which overturned Plessy v. Ferguson. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I had a different question for you, actually. And I pulled it up. Uh, So I pulled up the list of all, like, the amendments to the Constitution, right? Mm -hmm. 27. The most recent one... The Twenty-Seventh Amendment, which delays laws affecting congressional salary from taking effect until after the next election of representatives, mm-hmm. was passed in
1: 1992.
0: Right. why don't we ever change the Constitution
1: anymore? Because we can't reach broad-based consensus on on anything. On anything, right? Is yeah. that simply what it is? Like it's. Uh, I mean, yeah. Newt Gingrich became the uh, leader of the the majority leader of the House of Representatives in 1994. Uh, that's when Rush Limbaugh came to prominence. That's when Fox News started to really rise. Then pretty soon after that, you're talking about 9-11. And if you can remember a time after 9-11 we could reach any kind of broad consensus anything as a country, I,
0: I, not me. Because it's weird. It feels like we get in like a big rush of it. Like there's one in 1913, 1919, mm-hmm. 1920, 19, 1933, there's mm-hmm. two of them. Mm-hmm. Then there's none for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. 51, 61, 64, 67. Mm-hmm. 1971 is the 26, And then not again, for 21 years. Like, there's yeah. just a huge break of 21 years after 1971 where we don't do anything. Right. And I guess I guess that's the answer, right? We just can't reach broad enough-based consensus on anything. Sure. And I can't imagine what we would what the next one would be, mm-hmm. right? Like, that we would actually... would actually people would agree with, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I'm just... I don't know. It was meant to be amended. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. Like, why are we afraid mm-hmm. to make this more... Modern and with the world we live in and not so stuck forever in the past. I don't know. There's your history lesson today. Learn about the amendments. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on this day, 1967, the Doors scored their very first number one hit with the song Light My Fire. Uh, as the song climbed the charts, the Doors were on the East Coast plugging away their, as the opening act for Simon and Garfunkel, which seems like a really odd concert to go see. Mm. Doors opening for Garfunkel... Uh, when the group topped the charts in late July, Jim Morrison celebrated by buying his now-famous skin-tight black leather suit and beginning to hobnob with the likes of iconic model and muse Nico at drug-filled parties held by Andy Warhol. What a time to be alive, 1967. Uh attempting to keep Morrison grounded were not only his fellow uh, Doors members Robbie Krieger and the others, as well as professional managers, but also his longtime girlfriend, who was quoted as saying... I'm sorry here. Oh nah, I'm not gonna get into it. Jim Morrison partied real hard. My man yes. did lots of partying. Can I tell you though, I'm gonna get into it right here. I find oh, I'm right behind you let's go the doors to be one of let's go. the worst right classic you. rock bands of all time.
1: The uh, worst worst is incendiary uh, speech on They're purpose. Not good. But I will say I will say overrated. Super um, overrated. ride right into the overrated trench. Yeah, yeah. They're fine. Doors are cool. Uh, a he was times. a wild man. I get it, but like mm. people are strange. Love me two mm-hmm. times. The end. Hello, I love you. Touch me. L.A. Woman. L.A. Woman. Riders on the Storm. Yeah, they got. All right. They definitely got yeah. tracks. Doesn't do it for me. No question, they got tracks. If you're out at like some, you somebody's camp. You're out at some campfire, some sort of thing like that happens. You got, you know, some of the old men there, mm. even dead, like you know, people from that era. Doors come on. It's all fine and good. We can get into some doors, but like, I'm not gonna pretend that I like the doors the same way I like a band like. Led Zeppelin or Pink Floyd or The Who or whoever. All right, Same thing. so
0: I'm gonna, let's get triggered here for a second, okay? I read about half of this list, and I started mm. shaking my head. So we'll read the other half together. Oh, okay. okay. I'm into this it. This is from LA Weekly. Yes. It is from February seventeenth, two 2012. Okay. okay. It is the top 20 worst bands of all time in com- 2012. In 2012. Okay. The complete list. All right. It's going to
1: bang down the list real quick here, okay? Yes. Number 20, Spin Doctors. Okay. You know what i the Spin Doctors? I mean, whatever. I like that one. I like the song Two Princes, but like that's fine. Spin Like It's only because it's got a cool bass part, and I heard it when I was young, a young bass player. Number 19, The Rackin' Tours. Relax. <laughs> what do you... Oh, we get it. You're so cool. You're so cool because you think that Jack White... Whatever. Number 18, no. Oasis. Does LA Week, please? Oh, hurts. Please. As a oh, people night. have come back around. People know now. In 2012, people... I remember people in our own personal lives yeah. making it a bastion of proving that they were cool and had good music taste because they didn't think definitely maybe it was a good album. Is that me? No. Oh, I was just no. saying. But like, I'm just saying, oh, yeah. shout out to people we know. <laughs> um, 17, Fish.
0: Sure. No, this, I mean this you, feels you know pointed. it feels Pete, like it's being. Pete,
1: turn up your volume, baby, because I'm coming for you. <laughs> no, absolutely not. You can't put fish on this list, and I'm not a fish guy at all. With hmm. the 20 worst bands ever, like we get it. LA Weekly, you're super cool. What else you got for me? Uh, Number no, 16, four non-blondes. They don't have any What's songs. That the, hey, hey, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's it. Yeah, no, a song. Keep them. Write that. Put see that in the spin doctors. This is good. That's fine. I guess we're 15. Pretty Ricky is a person? I don't know what that is. They're I think Pretty Ricky yeah, it's like a, like R&B style. Yeah, a song called r with style. Me." Yeah, yeah that kind of thing. Probably, yeah. Mid-aught, think about it. Mm. mid hits. Mm. Back in the day. Number 14, Foreigner. I actually like Foreigner. I don't <laughs> I like like 3Fox Hero. Head games, good track. Mm, Double Vision. Remember that episode of Aqua Team? Double Vision. The belt that made them do like Foreigner jokes or whatever it was. Uh, Foreigner's fine. Yeah. I like Foreigner better than Journey. I think that's a hot take. Uh, Yeah, I'm probably with you on that, maybe. I think I'm, I'm with it. 13 Wings. This is just to piss me off, right? I like Wings. People should spend time watching the sitcom Wings <laughs> and not listen that to that was the pretty good. <laughs> yeah, Wings. That's not a band. What's that? it? That's Paul McCartney. It's Jet. Yeah, I was thinking of band on the run. not Winger. Um, oh yeah, okay, yeah, not cool. Winger. We oh so their take Wings. Is, their take is we prefer Paul McCartney's Beatles work. Wow. Thanks guys. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Next, uh, number twelve, Fleet Foxes. Yeah, fair. <laughs> Fleet Foxes sucks. Number Next.
0: Th- <laughs> number eleven, red hot chili peppers. What? That's wild. What? What a wild. They thing. say funk metal is a
1: bad idea. I said this list is a bad idea. Wait, they haven't magic. made funk metal in like 30 years. <laughs> we'll talk about californication, LA Weekly, you cowards. Number 10, the Pussycat Dolls. Blood Sugar dolls. Sex Magic. That's not a band. Feels dated. That's not Feels a band. Feels twenty twelve they're taking a, true, a shot. That's a CD ROM. Yeah. Next. Uh, number nine, Rush. <laughs> 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 okay, fine. Oh man. <laughs> Nah, hoes would be mad. Rush is really good. Rush is a good. Yeah. we play a Rush uh, song in the band that I play in, and I'm the bass player, so I'm playing a Geddy Lee bass line. Um, I've never been a big Rush guy, but it's cool to play Limelight. That's enough, though. I'm not interested in like learning the rest of it as a musician. I respect it, but it's not for me. Rush is in that fish category. I was gonna do. I don't some... like it. I don't care about it, but
0: I was gonna do some Geddy Lee, but I can't think of one Rush lyric. Mm. Fly by night away from me. That's it, right? That's them. Um, yeah, that something rush? like Fly by time night. Sorry, sorry, me, me, ya. yeah, the Hell of rush. No, thank you. Number eight. Ah,
1: ah wow. the Blowfish? Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I like that's that. That's not even a band. That's two songs. That's true. No, you like you liked two songs when you were a child. You ready for this? Yeah. Number seven.
0: Pearl oh, Jam. Please. This is this invalidates the list. Number seven is especially
1: Pearl Jam. in 2012. Please. Yeah. Okay.
0: Probably. Imagine. Imagine the gall. such Rock and Roll Hall of Famers. An unevolved take. Number six, Black Eyed Peas. I mean, they're mad successful.
1: Yeah, super <laughs> successful. Also, not really a band. I, if you want to put them on your worst bands ever, I'll, that's fine. Number five, Animal Collective. I mean, again... Spot the Lie. I, I love it. Include them. No. I think they're good. Include them. Put them right there with Fleet Foxes. LA Weekly knows. Number four, Sex Pistols. I'll take it. Yeah. Also yeah. on the list. Okay, fine. Not a good band. Number three, LCD sound system. I really didn't oh, see this until just now. You be, you're kidding me, Ian Cohen.
0: You're, you are so full of shit.
1: Oh, God, I really didn't look oh. at this list beforehand. I oh. promise you. LCD at what oh. number? Three. At number three. What do they say? What do they say? Okay, LCD. if
0: LCD sound system were only responsible for three albums that are half filler and a workout mix made by people who clearly didn't go to the gym, they wouldn't be on this list. No, they deserve special mention for their, cr- their critical crusade to pass James Murphy off as an indie rock's predominant male role model, in spite of Nay, because of his world ro- view, which remains as rigid and obnoxious as Toby Keith's. I don't mm. get it. LCD Sound System fans are the type of people who think buying a ten-year-old kid a Pacific Image Ltd. record for his birthday is an example of good parenting. I mean, I bought my nephew, <laughs> I bought my nephew a copy of Metal by Pink Floyd. Oh, it's not exactly the same. The but... gut Punch. Yeah, LCD.
1: Wow haters number
0: two the eagles yeah.
1: i've actually come a little bit around in the eagles I get. i do uh, not i don't like them but i don't i'm doing that classic rock band by classic rock band at the time yeah it's just whatever we play an I... eagles song in the band I mean, as well we play uh, one of these nights which is a lot of fun as a bass player God, what could this number one possibly be i feel like it's First gonna be uh, like a hot band. take it's gonna be some weird hot take i bet dave matthew's band yeah see oh mm-hmm. cool wow Worst band wow, of all Wow, guys, why don't, put, why don't you put Nickelback on there? i also ride for the Dave Matthews band. I'll put them in that rush, and fish Matthews category it. yeah. where it's not what I'm listening to all the time. You know what I mean? But there was definitely a time where I really you know, listened to, I heard a ton of Dave Matthews. When you were younger, you couldn't escape it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I if, you wanted to, if you wanted to talk to girls in the late 90s and early 2000s, you had to listen to Dave Matthews. There was no way around it. Oh my god, um, that, was, that was brutal. They still got a killer band, LCD. That's a tough one, though. That was i one. Absolutely stunned. Isn't it interesting they picked so many cult bands? Now, I don't want to say cult, but no, they, that's true. you look at Pearl Jam, take. Dave Matthews, uh, you look at Fish. you look at Rush, you look at a few of the other bands on that list, they're all bands who have a really specific hardcore following. Yeah. These bands that can go out and play all the time. People are always into this kind of thing. And then Fleet Foxes. Uh, you know, well, bands that are also yeah. bad. Yeah, they did put yeah. some of those on. But even you look at a band like Anko, even kind of like that, people who have it's a, a very. Band. That list is basically how many clicks can we generate by poking various fan hives. Pro Jam feels pointed. Yeah, of course. It does feel pointed. Because people don't know. Because there's a lot of people uh, out there who genuinely, genuinely believe that 10 is a better album than Yield.
0: Madmen. It's a wild world album. Maniacs. There. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. Uh, all right. Uh, on this day, uh, House begins impeachment of Richard uh, Richard Nixon. Uh, the 37th president was being impeached and removed from office uh, for what was known as the Watergate scandal. Only three presidents in the U.S. history have been impeached: Andrew Johnson in 1868, Bill Clinton in 1998, and Donald Trump in 2019. My outrageous question for you: Right? You know how we always talk about like Trump defenders just go out of their way, like bend over backwards to yes. defend the man. Yes. Do you know any Nixon defenders? <laughs> like in, in the Roger gener- Stone. Just Roger Stone. Roger Stone's got a Nixon tattoo. I'd just be like, in yeah. our parents' generation, was that the equivalent
1: of? Being I like, don't like, know anybody. But if I asked, if I had asked my dad this question, he would for sure. So that's, I guess, my but question. But it was also no because it was different too back then because they specifically, in response to the to the Richard Nixon situation Watergate, yeah. they formed a news network. They said like Roger Ailes when he had this conversation back then during the time he's like if we had a network like a Fox News Nixon never would have had to resign. Yeah. You know, so no, they did that by design, so it's different now. They built a world where they turn into these weird, like, fan characters where it's, like, cool to be, like, nah, this is my guy, even though like, it's the bad guy. Right, yeah, It's yeah. by design. I just say, outside of Roger Stone, I don't know, like, any
0: of my parents' friends who are ever, like, oh, that Nixon, he was right. You know what I mean? Like, I've never heard that take from, like, an old person in real yeah. life. Um, How many
1: old people am I talking to about
0: Nixon, I suppose?
1: You start asking around. You start asking more you start old asking people asking around. I bet Nixon. you should, yeah, yeah, that's... <laughs> Let's do that for next week. Let's go out to some spots where olds hang out and ask them if they feel oh, how they feel about Nixon.
0: Uh, on this day, Let's go out to Rome.
1: Go to Let's Rome. go out to Rome and see how many people. Last well, thirty yeah. people in Rome. How they feel about Nixon?
0: Uh, on this. Burst your bubble. On this day, <laughs> 1978. Uh, National National Lampoon's Animal House. Uh, a movie spoof about 1960s college fraternities, opens in theaters. Produced for a budget of three million, it became a huge multi-million dollar blockbuster box office hit. Uh, and spawned a slew of cinematic imitators and became part of pop culture history. Uh, I've mentioned many times I've never really seen Animal House. Yeah. Um, I have always sort of said, though, and I, I think it's weird, right, because comedies are very in the moment. I think it's hard for comedies to hold up over time. Right? Like, For sure. A comedy from 1978 struggles to hold up in 1998
1: because the culture's different. A lot of times. A lot of times. A lot of times, yeah.
0: And that's why I think it's really hard to make, like, a long-standing seminal comedy, you know what I mean, that exists in perpetuity, right? Mm. Like, it just, it doesn't happen all that often. Yeah, that's true. Right? Um, I even think, like, what's the funniest movie you think, you could think of right now if you're going to watch a movie that's going to make you laugh?
1: Oh, my gosh. The funniest movie ever? Mm, I don't don't know. know. There's so many things that jump to mind, but I, there's not, like, a clear delineation of, like, a list of, like, this is the It's top. tough. My first immediate thought is something like Step Brothers. Mm, um, I mean, I know I would laugh at that, I'm sure.
0: Uh, I found a list on Rolling Stone that did the top 50. We won't go through all of them because it's a huge, massive
1: list. Okay. Uh, They had like School of Rock. Ooh, I like School of what? Wait, where was School of Rock? Twenty five.
0: Oh, okay. I was gonna say Uh, I like that movie. They have like the Lego Movie at twenty two. I guess that's a comedy. I've heard. I'm sure people are into that. Yeah. Uh, Borat at
1: twenty one. Borat. Borat's a funny movie. You know what I've been having uh, a bit of a renaissance on lately is um, I've been wanting to rewatch uh, Wedding Crashers I haven't seen it, in a really long time, but I read like an article or something about it, I think, and I was like, I really like that movie. Grand Budapest at 19, Mean Girls Yo, at 19. Yo, I love night. Grand I mean, Budapest. I like, Budapest 20, Mean Girls at
0: 19. Strong. Tropic Thunder. That's a good one. What We Do in the Shadows, the movie, not the Still television Still haven't watched show. it yet.
1: Never saw Lady Bird. I haven't watched it. I'm surprised. That's, I didn't realize that was such a comedy. A Serious Man, uh, 2009. I no that was any kind of a comedy. Uh, Everybody
0: Wants Some from 2016. I think that's David... No, Richard Linklater. That's sure. like the sequel to Dazed and Confused. Mm-hmm. The Death of Stalin, 2017. I guess this is a comedy. Triple, triple. Hilarious. Anchorman. Strong. Hard to, hard to knock it
1: out. Uh, In Bruges, I guess sort of a comedy. Oh, I loved In Bruges. I do. It's... Yeah, you, you, got, think, you have to like more understated European humor, I man, think, to what, really... What is Rolling Stone doing here? Top
0: 10 is State, of Ma- State in Maine from 2000, starring Alec Baldwin, William H. Macy, and Sarah Jessica Parker. Yikes. Uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin at number 9. Which you have
1: never seen. That's true. Talk about
0: it. Shaun of the Dead, number 8. Strong. Tony Erdman, 2016. I don't know what that is. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Punch Drunk Love is not funny. Not really like a comedy. Idiocracy, 20, 2006. People yeah. Love this movie. Yeah, it's they true. They try and say it's prescient. Better for far times. Step Brothers, four, two thousand eight. Three
1: bridesmaids, two thousand eleven. Never seen it. Heard it. was hilarious. Oh, really? You are that. You've got a nice. You have a really nice treat waiting for you one day. <laughs> Just like forty-year-old version. You've got a nice one in the back pocket if you ever need something. Uh, in the Loop, two thousand nine. Some English comedy. Is that Gandolfini?
0: It is Gandolfini. Oh. Give me in there. And then number one, Best in Show from 2000.
1: Oh, I see what kind of list this is. Um, <laughs> I see what kind of list I, this is.
0: I actually is. think Best in Show is really funny. Sure. It's a really funny movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't love Christopher Guest movies in mm. general as much as the next person. Like, this is Spinal Tap, sure. Mm-hmm. But like, A Mighty Wind, you can miss me with that. Like, I, don't, I don't care about that movie. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's really all I could like. Comedy movies. Tommy Boy. Somewhere in this list, I would imagine. Mm. Love Tommy Boy. Yeah. Tommy oh. Boy
1: still holds up pretty well for me, too. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, probably. Pretty evergreen. I would say um, Happy Gilmore is on that list from that mm-hmm. time period. Dumb and mm-hmm. Dumber from that time period certainly. Um, you you started this talking about Animal House. Uh, I find Animal House to be a little bit overrated, and I think maybe I, I might just be a little bit young. Um sure. But speaking of National Lampoon, I got to give some respect to Caddyshack. Yeah, Caddyshack. Just chatting about it on Twitter the other day. Um, Caddyshack is is a heavy hitter from front to back. Uh, ca-
0: Caddyshack. For a long time, would have been the number one go-to answer. I think for me, I just yeah, the, I it was beat one it of the first the things that popped
1: into my mind. When I I beat it into
0: the ground so much that I can't watch it. You know what anymore. else? To be fair, major league as well.
1: You know what else? To be fair, I think um, comedy is a bit more of the realm of the show than the movie, especially now. Well, because if you're asking me what's going to make me laugh the hardest, I mean, I start talking about stuff like you know, you got your Seinfeld, you're always signing the Office, the mm-hmm. you know, whatever else that it might be, you know arrested development any kind of show you like to watch um, that's where i find the most comedy yeah i think no i think you're right i think cuz you get to know those characters
0: better mm-hmm. as opposed to a one shot deal so yeah. you can start to understand character tics and then that that leads into the comedy like a lot of larry david comedy on curb enthusiasm is knowing great example that larry's going to walk into something and do some stuff you know that larry does it gives does, you a longer right? time
1: a lot of, a lot you can mine a lot more from yeah. comedy the you're better really that the audience understands The character, who they are, how they are, what makes them tick, everything like that. With a show, you get to really luxuriate in these characters, and you get to spend some time really getting to know how these people are. So if Larry comes in and he just throws a little side look, it's funny to you because you know this character. Mm -hmm. Whereas with a movie, you only know this guy for half an hour, so you don't know that it's funny that he said that to Mocha Joe or whatever it might be. And also on
0: this day in 1996, we're already running long, so I'll just blast through it. The bombing at Centennial Olympic Park, that pun was not intended, I didn't mean Mm. to say that. Uh, this is the event that spawned the recent movie Richard Jewell, which talked mm, about Richard full Jewell. Full Eyes, The movie? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: big time. Well, because the way they portrayed that journalist what is Because he's out of his mind. He's yelling <laughs> at chairs. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, it is an interesting story, though, if you don't know about the bombing at Centennial Olympic Park. Uh, if you don't want to watch the movie, just read about it. It's a real thing that yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. Go, read, go, go read. watch like a New York Times video. Uh, all right, let's see here. Uh, sad news this week. Regis Philbin, iconic mm. U.S. TV host, passed away at the age of eighty. Bon voyage, Regis. Uh, you were telling me that there's like a the Guinness, World... Guinness
1: Book of World Records certified shortly after he died. They said that he has been he has spent more hours, more time on American television than any other person who's ever lived.
0: That is correct. The most hours on U.S. TV, 1,000. Six, 16,746 hours.
1: Wild. An outrageous amount Wild. of time. I bet he would be honored to have that. Uh, Regis is one of those weird guys where like he was probably he was famous for so long before I was even born. Yeah. That I only just became aware of him as like, you know, this ever this this presence that was always there, you know. We all we know about the morning show, all that different stuff. Uh, Who Wants to be a Millionaire was colossal. That's the thing uh,
0: I actually remember him the most for now. That's like the thing that the first couple of seasons. are like all right.
1: Oh yeah, you're in here with the lights on your
0: face. Look at my tie. Everyone loves my ties. Yeah, yeah. He's great. He's awesome. He's captivating. Mm-hmm. Meredith Vieira's fine. She doesn't have the same pizzazz no. No, that no. Philbin had. Uh, although I still do remember the idea of Live with Regis and Kathy Lee. I
1: remember that. So when I was a kid, um, when I was a kid, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. and so during the times like when I wasn't at school, or I was super young. TV would be like on, like in the background, or I would be running around with her if we went to an aunt's house or grandma's house or mom's house, something like that. You know what I mean? So I would be exposed to a lot of that. I remember seeing this as a show in the constant to be on in the background, at like a grandmother's house or yeah. something like that. Godspeed, Regis Philbin. Man, yeah, good man. Uh, Earlier this
0: week, let's talk about the UK. The UK is forcing uh, a ban on junk food advertisements cool. in their country which could force a deep cut for television commercials. I feel so bad for the TV much like the,
1: Much like these like mask and regulation rules. You know what? If we can't do it ourselves, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. Fine. You know what I mean? The people aren't going to stop. So, well, yeah. I wonder.
0: This would be. A, this would never fly in the U.S. There's way too much advertising it's Way too money. much, yeah.
1: my freedoms.
0: <laughs> i got to be able to mm-hmm. see a Kit Kat ad on television. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Not yeah.
1: seeing Kit Kat ads is actually Marxism. If you say kick cat ads
0: so, off TV. You might appreciate this when I saw this and I wanted to bring it up to you. This is from Inc. so take this for what it is. Apparently, people who use these three toxic phrases have very low mm.
1: emotional intelligence. Have you brought me here to expose me? I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs>
0: I don't know, maybe. So let's see if we use these phrases. Number one, I know how you feel. Mm. Yeah.
1: I know what they're saying, actually. Yeah, yeah. I know I bet I know what they mean there. Yeah. Toxic phrase number two. Can't you just blank? Mm, I'm with that. Mm -hmm. I hear that.
0: Uh, And number three, how are you doing?
1: Good? Don't answer for them. Don't answer for them. How are you doing? Yeah.
0: So I thought this (laughs) was not as clickbaity as I imagined when I looked at these. How do
1: I look? Handsome? Thank you. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know how you feel. I too once had a thing happen to me. It can be, bad. it
1: can be a slippery slope because a lot of people mean well and they're trying to relate their own experience to make you feel less alone. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, if people can, you know, redirect whatever you're talking, about back to them. You know, it's something I gotta be kind of like vigilant for. I try to think of too, because it's easy to do that and identify mm-hmm. with people. You know. So yeah, there's your three toxic
0: phrases. Uh, let's jump into sports really quickly before we get into our break. Uh, sports are back in the world this week. Mm. Uh, two stories I thought were interesting. One, baseball is back. Uh, <laughs> Chicago Cubs first baseman Anthony Rizzo went viral for handing out hand sanitizer to players as they went to first base.
1: Anthony Rizzo on the top of my list of MLB guys who aren't Yankees that I would like to have be Yankees. Yeah, yes, good guy. Yankees two and one by the way. As we Yankees are two
0: and one. And then uh, there is a new NHL franchise as of earlier this week. The thirty-second NHL franchise is the Seattle Kraken. That's right, the Seattle Kraken. I love it. I- I like I love it, actually, it. too. I love it. Uh, here's the thing. I don't dislike it in any particular way. I like the oh, logos.
1: Yeah.
0: I feel like Kraken is sort of Scandinavian, though, right? Is there like a... Sorry, I mean, all sorts of... I don't know. Is there a connection between Scandinavia and Seattle?
1: They got the ocean. I guess they got the ocean. big about yeah. the ocean. Yeah, yeah, the ocean and all that kind of stuff.
0: Uh, so, yeah, the Seattle Kraken. There's their logo. You can look it up in the folks. Uh, mm-hmm. I like this one logo they have, which is, like, the space needle in the top of an anchor. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's strong. pretty good. Um, I heard... They need th- more tentacles. More tentacles on the logo, yeah. It's yeah, a little yeah. lacking in tentacles. I find their kits to actually look pretty good. I don't hate it. No, not bad at all. Um... I think the name is getting a lot of mixed reaction, but I mean, mm. so what? Like,
1: <laughs> because everybody's so bored and they need something to feel for. So, Building their lives, they can have feelings for. So they need the clicks to tell them what they feel. All right, so uh,
0: clicks. Let's see here. Do I have a? I'll do one bit from other blog before we get to our. Wait,
1: did they hang on? Did the Redskins change their name?
0: Okay, so that's the other side of that story. They. They're no longer the Redskins. Okay. They have dropped Redskins from the name. That's official. Right, right. They have not still, at this particular moment, mm. chosen an official team name. Yes. So, as of right now, they are simply Washington football team. Which I don't hate. Yeah, right there. Uh, but that's where they are right now. They have mm-hmm. yet to actually give a mm-hmm. completed full name. I assume they're waiting on trademarks or whatever kind of thing you mm. wait for it nowadays. But there you are. Washington professional football team. Um... All right. let's see here. Here's our question this week. If your birthday is on Wednesday, is the weekend before or after your birthday weekend? That's
1: birthday week. Birthday week. So your birthday's on Wednesday...
0: That's birthday week. My answer would be afterwards, I think. Right? I think I'd prefer, if my birthday's on a Wednesday, I'd rather go out on Friday than Mm -hmm. I would on the weekend before. Definitely. Right? Then it's already happened. Definitely. Then I gotta yeah, explain yeah, yeah. to people, no. oh, actually my birthday's on Wednesday, but it's Saturday and I can't help but get yeah. drunk. So, <laughs> I gotta get hammered out here.
1: Yeah, yeah. If my birthday was on a Wednesday, I would be going out the the, uh, me, the following weekend if I was gonna go do something.
0: Uh, as I mentioned, folks, we are
1: going to have a sort of special leftovers-based... Uh, You're gonna get the leftovers of the show. The leftovers Whatever's the left show. over that we recorded uh, today in the heat. So, after But we this, can talk about it, because we did it already. We did it already. So now we can, there's spoilers there. We could even do spoilers here. <laughs> Double spoiler things. Well,
0: <laughs> to be fair, we do have an important announcement. So even if you decide you don't want to listen to our spoiler section, please listen to the first section here as Justin from Maiden Utica makes his big, giant, huge, legitimately news breaking announcement here on the pod. Yes, yeah, true. Right after this break. So it's listen true. to that. And if you haven't watched the leftovers already,
1: uh, go watch
0: it now. Go watch it. Oh, yeah, before, we, episodes. before we go to break, though, uh, did you have Spotify picks for this week? Um,
1: I only got some time to look at one thing I was going to put on. We'll put out the list afterwards. Um... But the one thing that I was going to say is there's an artist... Hang on, i got to look. i got my phone now, so I wrote it down. Very good. I've got it on Spotify. There's an artist called Leanne Lajavas. And I found her a couple years ago. She was doing an amazing cover at Glastonbury, I think in 2013, of Weird Fishes by Radiohead. Nice. Where she just put out a studio album. um, Excellent artist with a really cool band and everything behind her. And she did a studio version of that Radiohead cover of Weird Fishes. So Mm. I'm going to put that on the list this week. But... If you listen to it and you like it or you like Radiohead at all or anything like that, I deeply, deeply recommend checking her out, doing that song live at Glastonbury in 2013. Uh, mine this week will be, uh, I've already put up five songs
0: on my list, so I'll mm. post that afterwards. But one of them that I really enjoyed this week is a song called Avant Gardner by an artist named Courtney Barnett. Mm. never really heard of her before kind of found it by accident when we were sitting around listening to music there you go Uh, and it got stuck in my head so there you go Avant Gardener by Courtney Bardnett uh, plus a couple other tracks I threw on there so cool those will be on this week Uh, if this is the end for you folks we'll catch you next week but if you're joining us this isn't
1: the end go listen to Justin's thing we'll we'll let you know when it's time for you to
0: leave that's true we'll do our uh, our we'll let you know when we're done with you All right. we'll be back in a minute folks chase it back to its house chase it back to its house yeah Yeah, uh folks if you were out there trying to find that 500 hundred dollar reward for the missing cat in south utica Mm. uh breaking news it's no longer available (laughs) yes and the positive news it's
1: been
2: found and returned home yes yeah found and returned home yes
1: not found on the side of the street or anything so did you you find it no i wish Mm be $500 richer for that Bengal cat.
0: Yeah, th- That was the part that stood out the most to me. First off, I'm very glad this cat got found yeah. for any South Utica residents who saw these posters up.
2: We support the cats. We support the, the cats, yeah. Bans. What, what it it's for? like to be a cat on these streets.
1: hey <laughs> uh,
0: $500 is a lot.
1: See, Bengal I would... Bengal cats cost a lot of money. Th- that's is that what this is? Oh, yeah. That's, that's a, not a that regular cat. That cat costs $2,000. Uh. Easily. Easily that cat costs $2000. It's a handsome cat. Yeah, that they're, cat they're was not supposed to, cats to be cats. outside. Regular cats are really nice, but that's like a specialty. That's a high-end cat. Yeah. How much did you pay for Charlie? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Charlie. Charlie was a kitten that came out of the deck at Nail Creek. He, he followed will find it, back yeah. to his car.
2: He will find his way back here before someone can return him. He's too smart.
0: Uh, that's true. Well, I wouldn't, wouldn't well, go I wouldn't go so far as far as to call him smart. He's, uh... Self-aware. He's... He's... Survivability is high. He has a high <laughs> survivability <laughs> level. He's, the he's... attributes are kind of His eyes. attributes are high. Smart cat. Uh, so, just to throw things for a loop here, uh, because this section of the show is so spoilery, uh, Justin's here, by the way. He's our quote-unquote interview for the week. Mm. Uh, oh, nice. And I'm Be-
1: here, too, because I'm hijacking the interview. <laughs> there, <laughs> yeah, there you go.
0: Because... Uh, this part of the show is going to be so spoilery an episode of spoiler things about Leftovers the TV series which I just finished this week we've moved the interview to the last segment of the show so this is the end of the show Mm. not the middle segment so uh, for you guys to be aware so remind me guys when we get to the end I have to do my outros I because, don't know if
2: I can do this. If it's messed, I'm already. Con- I don't. I don't even know what we're doing. <laughs> He's got to be at the top. Yeah. He's got to be. At the top. Gotta be at the I'm top. not the lead. <laughs> He's got to be at the top. Uh, main event. No main event. Well, main keep, event. Main event. Well, okay. I'm gonna. Te- I, I, I I'll say.
0: tease your big announcement that you're gonna do. Oh right yeah, now, main event. Uh, for two segments. Worthy. So finally, that segment that I've been teasing for two segments. Tease segment. <laughs> uh, the main uh, event. <laughs> uh Justin, what's your big made you to get announcement here? Oh, you want me to do it now? Yeah, do it now before we
2: get started. Oh, well, let me load it up. I didn't know I was going to be on the spot It's your announcement. (laughs) (laughs) I just got word that it's been confirmed. 12.42 p.m. Breaking news here on the podcast. (laughs) Pop-up photo studio fundraiser at Handshake City.
1: Love to see it. Okay.
2: Four local photographers, Mark Simon included. Hey-o. Mark, Ken, Allison, who does the dog photos, and I want to say it's going to be May... Uh, yeah, May, it. May, Scout. She's, she's May's going to do it too. So I'm Mark, sure. May, Ken, and Allison—they've all done stuff with us prior. May's a vendor down there. Mark obviously does photos. Ken and Amy always shoot our photos, mm-hmm. and Dr. Allison and does all the dog mm-hmm. um, photo booth stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 So awesome. they're go- you're going to sixteen time slots available to register for. You spend ten minutes at each container with uh, each photographer, and then Uncle Pass Wall. So you'll get a bunch of forty-minute session total where you can do like. Uh, Dog photos, pregnancy photos, Christmas card, senior photos, whatever you want to yeah. do type of deal. But you'll do it with a professional photographer who will in turn pay for their services and stuff too. So it'll raise some money for us. It'll raise some money for photographers who are losing a little bit of work during this stuff. Mm. And then you'll yeah, get a bunch of photos cool. out of it that you can bring your dog down if you want to do dog photos. It doesn't matter. Um, mm-hmm. You'll have 40 minutes and I think there's over 12 plus locations that you'll get photos in front of and stuff like
0: that. So. That's
1: uh, really cool. That's a really interesting idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So there is a fee. You'll have to pay for it. Well, <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> you've been doing some really nice work with the remodel down there, by the way. I know we vaguely talked about it last time you were on, but it really looks nice what you've done down there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm running on steam. I'm taking the day <laughs> off. You, yeah,
1: you've been taking the world on your shoulders. Yeah. Man. Well,
2: it's been... Uh, it's just something... There's not anything to do either. Like, it's just something to be down yeah. there and, you know, drag a few things around or screw a few boards the stuff or whatever, mm-hmm. you know... It worked out. It's not anything. We're not spending a ton of money doing things. It's a lot more of like man labor materials this year. So a lot of the stuff is just putting the time in. It's not costing well, fiscally a ton of money. It's just
0: more time it's probably, and it's probably
1: it's like with anything else. You know, once you get down I and mean, you start doing one thing, you see something else. Like, well, I'm here. I might as well yep. do this. I'm gonna, next thing you know, you're up on the roof. Yeah, <laughs> like that was re- yeah building you know,
2: re it. There's three different like wall barriers there now that have taken. On mm-hmm. many a different days because i'll start on one and move on to another or whatever so yeah very distracting but yeah it does look good down there. there's a lot of new stuff so it's gonna just... be
1: really cool to get people back into the space and like mm-hmm. this sort of renovated like re it feels like we've sort of up the the coziness like the factor of it where everybody's sort of in it together yep. and you've still got the field for larger scale things and whatnot
2: well hopefully next week by the week if it's up to me i'll be making announcements every week stuff that we're going to be doing down there. I don't know if we're going to be allowed to, but the, we have a bunch of ideas. So this will be the first thing to kind of get people and see what works and how it goes or whatever. But we have a couple of ideas. Granted, we're allowed to, to do some stuff, yeah. um, but it'll all fit the guidelines of safety and distancing and, and all that stuff. And I think it'll actually be pretty unique if we get to do it. So that's awesome. There'll be more.
0: Uh, and again, if people want to find out more about this, this is brand new. So we yeah, it's on it. MadeInUtica.com. So, so you
2: can go there. I'm sure it's cross-posted to all social stuff, but Katie put it up online awesome. um, already. So just go to MadeInUtica.com and you'll be able to, You're to listening
0: find you listen to where to there. find us. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I'll link everything uh, in the bios when we're done. Uh, is there anything else we want to talk about before we dig into leftovers? Because I feel like I need to do a spoiler it's- warning before that. August 16th, by the way. I don't think I said the time. August 16th. For a second. <laughs> Important to get the date out yeah. Important to get the date. So we got the cat is safe. We have our big announcement. Yeah. Uh, do we want to talk about game shows or sports before we dig into Leftovers? Anything we want to talk about while you're here? I think you're underestimating
2: how long Leftovers is going to go. That's why I'm trying to do this yeah. now.
0: <laughs> I say go right Go right for it. I want to give it. the people who survived the third segment something before we go into well, it. Well, if I they guess, haven't watched the Leftovers... Shame on them. Would you say that this is the show you guys recommend the most to people? Because you I watched Certainly this not. Sh- no. no. Definitely not. Is this a show you feel nervous about recommending to people because of no. <laughs> because of it's what not It's not for everybody. Interesting.
1: It's not a commoner thing that you just I would toss be, around. It's
2: an exclusive club you've joined
1: I would be really selective. I remember I said this to you before you started watching, and I still feel this way. It's just it is the type of show where I wouldn't recommend it to everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But when I recommend it to people, I do recommend it very emphatically. Yeah. Like, if I tell you I think you should watch this show, I really, really mean it, because I love the show a lot, but I am aware it's not for everybody. It's really dense and cerebral and kind of heady and, like, you know, thematically, like, broad in a lot of ways. So I'm aware that it wouldn't be for
0: everybody. Uh, so I guess, I guess we'll just start then. And I guess for folks who have not seen the show, I mean, you know, it's three seasons. I don't expect you to pause this podcast and then wait. Three and a half weeks to twenty-eight come back. episodes. <laughs> twenty-eight episodes yeah.
1: take you like four days. Yeah, it took three me, seasons, twenty-eight episodes.
0: It took me realistically about three weeks of mm-hmm. really committing to watching it, and yeah, I knocked yeah. out the last season in about three days. You yeah, yeah. I mean, so well,
2: uh, no, the season the episodes aren't are season-wise too. If you did like one season, what it was eight, ten, ten episodes or so, ten, ten, yeah, ten, ten and eight, ten, ten and eight. So yeah, you can even do season at a time maybe, be all right.
0: So following this, uh this Hall Notes clap. Anything after this is uh spoiler alerts. Okay, so spoiler alert, um, I'm going to start with a question for you guys. The reason this show came on my radar uh, is because you guys talked about it to me many times. Yes. I- I've jokingly, you know, said that you guys have forced this show upon me, but you both Indeed. are. Indeed. But I trust you're both... you're
1: still afraid to watch Mel Gibson's The Patriot. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it seems like a lot. Uh, what but... a final battle scene. Go on. It's <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> But my
0: question <laughs> is, but I do trust both of your, uh, your opinions when it comes to television, music, movies, mm. things like that over the years. So my question for each of you, and I guess, Kevin, I'll start with you, is what initially drew you to this show? Was it someone? Was it something? Did someone tell you to watch it? Did you
1: find it on your own? I, it, it honestly, it, I don't remember. It might have been you were watching it, Justin. I yeah. feel like you might have said Hey you should watch, watch this the show The leftovers. leftovers on HBO That was in season one
2: See I think I can't remember how I I think we almost it. both You guys had HBO for a minute We found You were that's yeah. when
1: You were living In the apartment I was watching ours. it upstairs Yeah yeah, yeah I short, must
2: have been leaving To go watch an episode Or something it was like that on, on a Sunday night or no, something No it was on On
1: Sundays And I would have Mondays off Right and you, and you catch up on Mondays My job would be Sunday, Monday So I'd watch yeah. it on Monday then we'd end up talking about it But I think you told me I think you told me That I would like the show And I should check it out
2: I found it on accident just because of Liv Tyler yeah. mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. so Liv that's Tyler it well, anything, I anything saw something Liz on Tyler the puts internet that she was in this new show that people like so I was like alright I'll watch it mm-hmm. and uh, kind of went with it from there not knowing what her role or what she would do in it which again spoiler mm-hmm. alert type of thing is not uh, she's not the main focus but she's a pretty
0: prominent character but well, I would have mm-hmm.
2: assumed she was the lead going into it
0: sure. <laughs> you know? uh, so I'm, I have some questions and categories for us to break down the show Uh, And it's a really hard show to do this in, so I'm going to go around the table here. Justin, Mm -hmm. in as concise a manner as you can do it, for folks who've never seen it, who are listening still for some reason, what is The Leftovers about? What is the premise? It's very timely to
2: kind of now, actually. There is a percent of the population that have perished. And the remaining people, the leftovers, Disappeared. Are co- yeah, disappeared. The they don't departure. know where, what happened to them, whatever, if you can reference Rapture or whatever the yeah. case is. Um, and the remaining people are there to figure out what's going on while there are some other outside things of religious factors and government agencies. Like all these people trying to kind of cope and figure out what's happening and how each person deals yeah. with them. So there's a lot of stuff left, left over um of just having like a loved one literally you'd be sitting at the table they show scenes and kevin's gone while we're doing this podcast and we're still talking we turn to him and he's just gone that's how they kind of yeah. do it in the show mm-hmm. so there's no suction out of the ceiling or right you know some weird passing or disappearance out in the woods mm-hmm. or something they're just like that and gone and everybody's just kind of messed up afterward and the world kind of goes into all sorts of weird
0: chaos afterwards so kevin uh, in your words what is this show about
1: Uh, this show is about, um, the inevitability of death and loss in life, uh, Mm -hmm. grief, how we handle it and what it does to us and what it says about the short amount of time that we have here and what's really important. Yeah. Um, just about how people process the unprocessable and, you know, the, the grief that comes along with unexplainable loss, um, and the inevitability of it and how you choose to spend your time while you have it now.
0: Uh, the reason I asked both you guys that is I think this is a show that can be read a lot of different ways. 100%. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's uh,
1: one of the best things about it. It's so dense. That's one of the reasons I don't recommend it. to It's like a novel. Uh,
0: the instigating premise of this show, as Justin was sort of talking about, is something called The Sudden Departure, which is the inexplainable simultaneous departure of 140 million people, 2%, 2% of the world's mm-hmm. yep. population. Uh, and it sort of follows the events, uh, including the you know decline of mainstream religion, cults emerging, uh, including The Guilty Remnant, who is the main... Cult. Quote, Excellent. Unquote, ex- it's a really interesting part. Don't we'll get to steal that our Halloween costumes. You keep wanting to do that. I don't think it's a good Halloween. Ho- <laughs> Now's the time. We're uh, finally no. doing a pod about it. <laughs> now is not the time. Uh, the first season revolves around the Garvey family and their acquaintances in a fictionalized version of the town of Mapleton, New York. Uh, the second season shifts location to Jarden, Texas, which is also known as Miracle, where not a single person departed. And the third and final season unfolds three years later, uh, starting 14 days before the seventh anniversary of the departure and takes place mostly... In Victoria Australia I don't know if you want to dig into well a little backtrack here okay the first season's
2: based on the book I have some info about that as well Uh, the second and third seasons are kind of adaptions and concepts between author and creator of show Mm -hmm. to where they would like to see the show go so second and third seasons are almost completely new ish content, just even right down to location and characters introduced, because it's kind of going not on the fly, I don't want to say that, but they're they're coming up with almost a, a whole secondary
0: story to what even the first season it's is. It's a little Game of Thronesy in that way, where the show itself sort of passed by the source material early on, early and had on, to build yep. its own material. Now, I, I want to say the author, uh, Tom Prada, of the 2011 novel, he does seem to be involved in the show in terms of writing. I see his name yeah. pop up a lot, so he obviously mm-hmm. has mm-hmm. some say in what goes on in this show. Uh, I found this show to be really, uh, to be really jarring. It's the way, and Kev, I think you really talked about it, I can't think of another show outside of Weirdly Bojack Horseman, (laughs) which, that really touches upon the many, many ways that humans, uh... Appropriate grief? It was deep. It was really, really yeah. deep.
1: It's it you called it bleak a lot of times when we were watching the few episodes that we watched together. It's not the right word, I don't Um no I, we say it all the time, right? That quote it's not the right word, but it's the first word that comes yeah. to mind. Um because it that's and you know, again, going back to why I would say the show's not for everybody, it reads as bleak for a lot of people. Like you have to really stare right at and confront some, you know, some of the heaviest ideas and themes and you know moral notions that we have as like people that are alive with consciousness you know what i mean and that's there's not too many tv shows are supposed to be entertainment and this goes really really deep and pushes it like Mm -hmm. you know some core universal questions i said it to you multiple times while
0: we watched this series Mm. which i originally tried to watch all on my own and then finally relented because i could tell you also wanted to rewatch it. i was like i really wanted to like process it on Mm. my own Uh, But it didn't really end up I put you in the bubble. (laughs) (laughs) I got in the bubble. I'm in the bubble. Uh, But I said to you multiple times, I really enjoyed this show. And I'll get Mm. at the end to where I think this sort of lays in my own personal TV pantheon. Um, But I found this show very frustrating at times. Mm. The Mm. show was frustrating to watch. And that's why I could only do so much of it before I would have to, like, sort of watch Seinfeld or turn something else on. Because it was so it's frustrating real, it's like real
2: life like yeah. and not to be bleak or anything on that but like think about a, a percentage of population yeah. disappearing Go that on. nobody was expecting and the literal fallout of you know down to your government to the way you shot like all the all these things of your life are kind of it's not yes. a sudden departure like the leftovers was but we're almost in a lot it's, of what you could see coming out of these people is where if loved ones are suddenly gone that you were not expecting is Crazy, you know.
0: It's the subtle knife. It's that like quiet apocalypse. Like the world is ending because two percent of the population right, is gone. gone. Even right. though the world's not really it's ending, just, it's yeah, not that's, that's, really just, yeah. an apocalypse
1: show. The argument that a lot of people were making um, in in the show, most of the characters, was not the world was ending. The world ended. Yeah, the two percent. When the, are the departure the good happened, people? that was the yeah. end of the those world. those are the ones. This is the aftermath, because for a lot mm-hmm. of the people, you know, one of the core questions, especially in some of those early seasons, is like. If this happened and can happen, and there's no explaining it, then what is the point of anything? anything right. Nothing mm. matters. You know what I mean? So it was, you know, if you look at that one event as apocalyptic, it certainly wasn't post apocalyptic, and we think about like Fallout, or we think about The Walking Dead, or we right. think about something like that, mm. but. It was definitely the end of the world as they knew it, that moment that those people departed. Yeah. That's the end of the world as you know it. Yep everything's you know I anyone mean? well, I think and nobody too, feels funny. Miniature yeah. apocalypses. You I got to reverberate through the entire culture.
2: The rapture concept out a lot of it too is that these people that are remaining are not good people throughout the show right like right. they all not in the sense that they're all murderers everybody's or bad flawed. people Every single very flawed. flawed right no. and maybe not worthy of being that uh, no. heaven's gate thing where no, you no. get sucked up into because... the afterlife maybe the leftovers are the bad they didn't make it no because right? the,
1: but the people that left were all flawed people too like that's the notion they get into is like everybody's everybody everybody had it, who's, who's the one yeah you know what I mean there's that's the randomness and the no explicability to it is what makes it so jarring for these people in yeah. the process Uh, Kind of like
2: the, this is the end, at the end, where you're trying to figure out what you have to do to be the good guy, (laughs) right? It's like, wait, can I just do this real quick for a week and I'm good? (laughs) like, no, it doesn't work
0: like that. It's already already determined. What's so fascinating about this show, in that way, actually, is that it never really picks a side. Even, even this is the end, sort of picks a side at the end, right? They pick the the side of the Christian heaven with clouds and people with, you know, getting raptured up into heaven. The devil, the de- yeah, Heaven the, heaven, and the Devil, right? Like, right. there's, it's very... They chose a side. This show doesn't really allow you to choose sides. Uh, it's just sort of... Even uh, one of the characters who I don't know if we'll get to talking to uh, about Lori, Amy Brenneman in the yeah. show, sort of says, like, at the end, she's like the rational person in the room and is just sort of letting people do these outrageous, irrational things because you can't stop people right. from believing in what they are going to believe and what they're going to do, and it's a really... It's a really interesting character note for her to make that decision for someone who is the quote-unquote rational person in the room, sort of. <laughs>
1: right. Well, that's, I mean, that's sort of that's her role as a therapist, you know, in the show and having I mean, that as a profession. That's her whole MO.
0: Should we start there with favorite characters for categories since we're already sort of talking sure. about sure. characters? Sure. Uh, Liv well, we Tyler, of course. We'll just get that. Yeah, about. so you love Liv Tyler <laughs> who plays the character of Meg uh, who starts off as sort of a normal individual who goes through a traumatic experience uh, out of timeline, of course, because this is a Damon Lindelof show. <laughs> yeah. <So you> know, <laughs> time our, jumping, t- a lot resistance. of time jumping. Yeah. Uh, and then she ends up becoming a member of the Guilty Remnant, which is a cult. Yep, uh, and being pretty psychopathic, diehard. Yeah, and sort of going full, like being more extremist version They're of accelerating this. Accelerating and radicalizing. The cult. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't like Liv Tyler the way you do. Justin, you no. made it very clear. He not like Liv Tyler at all. Yes, but I do. No, not greatest. you, him. Oh, oh him. Oh, I, that's okay. N- I'd never... rather kiss Steven Tyler. <laughs> she's on my She's on my list. Uh, I never liked her in a lot of movies. I think a lot of times, like, I think of like, her Incredible Hulk. I was like, shut She's, like, boring in this movie. And Armageddon's kind of like a movie I laugh at. Not so much a movie I'm like, oh, she's great in this movie. Wait until you're on a meteor coming to Earth and see what you're laughing I've, at. They wouldn't send me out there. They would yeah, train astronauts <laughs> to dig for oil. They wouldn't send oil people into space. Let's go out uh,
1: If you can be an astronaut, you can you run, did, yeah, you can run it's a fine. drill. It doesn't um, matter where you are.
0: She, I think, that was so perfectly cast in this role that I had no choice but to be captivated Mm. by her. And I was frustrated by the captivation I felt for her. Uh, Although I felt that she... Disrupted the narrative. I felt that she also fell into my biggest disappointments because they did such a good job building her up in the first two seasons that by the time the third season came around, and she has a couple... Appearances, sort of. Yeah. It, it felt like they missed out on using,
2: yeah, her. right. A very wrestling term. They kind of a Un- got rid of her storyline suddenly yeah. and moved yeah. her into a second program that didn't have anything to do with what they were building her up for type of thing. Yeah, not and not that it was. Well, they didn't even move they killed her. Well, I mean, even in terms of her, when she gets to text, like a lot of that stuff becomes a little bit. She's with the the. Uh, mm-hmm. We're doing spoilers. Yeah, right? we we're doing like, spoilers. all the kids' yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like yeah. all that, those type of things. Like she really gets.
0: Doing a fiend turn there, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Kevin, who was your favorite character
1: in the show? Um, uh, Kevin and Nora, Kevin, Kevin and, Nora. and Nora, probably one and two. Yeah, they were yeah. just, you know, as a as the flip sides to the coin, they were both so compelling. I thought Carrie Coon was amazing. Yeah. Um, should have got more recognition for her work as Nora. Just yes. absolute tour really to force good. of performance and like as a character, well written. And I thought Kevin was super compelling and really interesting. Lead guy. They had a lot of great characters, but I mean, having those two to pitch down as you're like center lines through this crazy story that you're going to weave for people. Mm-hmm. You couldn't ask for two strong central well, central clotheslines to hang all this madness from. You know what's weird about
2: shows too is that, uh, like Walking Dead I'll use as an example. Carl sucks. Everybody hates him. Mm-hmm. Leftovers does a good job even making the kids compelling. Like Ozark um, kind of does it in a way for me where the kids aren't just kind of like baggage the to kids the two main... Yeah, they're, but they're not too. also baggage to the main character's place. They kind of fit into the narrative where like the son in particular, Tom... Is going into, right, Thomas? Yeah, Kevin. he's like in his 20s, though. Right. Right. But, like, they're they're complementary the characters, child, yeah. not just supplementary ones. Where it's like, mm-hmm. hey, this guy, Kevin, has two kids. Just <sighs> yeah. so you get context to Kevin, there's actually depth and to it the lets characters. you see
1: another slice of the madness that's unfolding mm-hmm. since this thing has happened. Yeah, with Thomas. the mother leaving. Yeah, it's it's and good stuff. And he's in this weird, like, Faith they, here, in this whole section. He lets you see what all these different, you get so many vignettes of what all different people are doing throughout the world. I think
0: Justin Thoreau is vastly underrated in almost mm. everything he's done. David Lynch movies, any sort of TV work I've seen him in. I can't like, see yeah, him yeah. in
2: anything else now besides The Leftovers. I just think he's an insane person.
0: The, lefto- <laughs> the Leftovers is the show I've seen him in where he looks the most like a normal human being, weirdly. Even though he's <laughs> absolutely like cut to the bone yeah. and has some of the worst tattoos I've ever seen in the history of television. Like
1: now Those are all him. I, I know, I know buddy.
0: Yeah. I know. It's not great. It's not good. It's not good, man. Uh, Lori even makes fun of him that last episode. He's got a yeah, misspelled yeah.
1: tattoo. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's
0: about right. I thought he was certainly the character that I attached to the most. Yeah. Certainly, right as the show went on, he's the main character. I like, but I'll say, I hope you're going. Here. I think Matt Jameson Matt, yeah. is, has maybe the most interesting Matt is character arc. Yeah, he's the Dion Waiters. I think he's your heat check performance yeah. of. The, he's the character. I mean, he's too big
2: for that. You think so? so he's, he's too he, big he, to be a heat check. He's more of like a Manu Ginobili, like six man who should be a
0: starter. He's really good. Like I I found myself captivated by whoever the guy who plays him is. I, I wish I had the listeners. Yeah, the voice is really distinct.
2: He's really? Like good. yeah, he yeah. has like a weird excellent even accent to it and like he I, sounds pitiful in
0: a lot of things. Like it's just I knew who work. Justin Throw was. Right. I felt like he was underappreciated, and I'm yeah. glad he's in the show and this may be the best work of his career. But I had no idea who the guy was who played Matt Jameson. Right? Mm. So I love when a show hits me with somebody brand new like yeah, a surprise yeah. out of left field and jameson mm-hmm. was a really really good surprise for me mm-hmm. um yeah i would say he was up there him and kevin were probably my, And i guess nora mm-hmm. became my favorite character but nora became frustrating for me by the end mm-hmm. a little bit right she's yeah, very yeah. flawed yeah yeah but uh,
2: so christopher equiston if i'm saying this former reverend and current current editor of a self-published tab- tabloid that out sinners he really? later relocates the Jarden, takes over the church. I thought you were talking about no, the guy's character. Life. Like, wow, no, no, his character in the pretty show. She's spot on. Man. Yeah, you got Carrie Coon, and then you got uh, and Carrie Coon. What? Well, she in other stuff now too. I think she's like, the show. Gone Girl. Gone Girl. Yeah. Gone Girl, Girl, such yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Guilty Remnant that doesn't
0: last oh, like, super yeah. in, she might in deep. Be. And and the first
2: season of the Guilty Remnant there with those <laughs> characters there will make you very uncomfortable and almost nauseous in some of the stuff. So let's get to that
0: next question then, since we're almost there. Uh, best season of the show. As I mentioned, the first season takes place in Mapleton, New York, and focuses mostly on the Guilty Remnant, I feel like, right? Would you say that's fair? More on the Guilty Remnant than the other seasons tend to? At least as a group...
2: Um, In numbers. Like a powerful unit in an isolated location. They kind of become more of a philosophy and ideology throughout the the rest of the seasons, I
0: think. You know what I mean? Um... This is the part of the series where the guilty remnant league cult sort of really establishes themselves. Anne Dowd's character is really amazing as Patty Levin. Because mm-hmm. I mean like the
1: season. I'm gonna say if you like Anne Dowd, if anybody watched this show and enjoyed Anne Dowd's performance and would like more, uh, stop what you're doing and watch The Handmaid's Tale. Because yeah. she's like this, turned up to 15, <laughs> and she's amazing. She's so, so, so good. She's the best part of that show, I think.
0: So let me just I'll hit you real quick. First season, Mapleton, New York, your yep. primary characters are Kevin. His uh, wife Lori, who's joined the Guilty Remnant, his son Tommy, his daughter Jill, uh, grieving widow Nora Durst, and her brother uh, Matt Jameson, yep. uh, and then Meg, who's played by uh, Liv Tyler, Tyler, and Patty Levin from the Guilty Remnant. Yep. These characters intertwine and collide in the middle of an ongoing conflict between the Guilty Remnant and the townspeople of Mapleton. This is. Right, and the my- reason the town. Goes down at yeah. the end of yeah. season one, where they—that's yeah.
2: part of the reason to move the story yeah. along
0: too. I'll so. stop right here and say that if we're picking best seasons, I found the first season of this show in Mapleton to be my favorite season. Might as well. Yeah, uh, I think this, and I liked a lot of—I love the way they expanded the universe. But something about this first season had a very particular eeriness and a grimness that I think the show did attempt to move away from. Mm-hmm. To be a little bit less. Dark. I don't know if I'd want to watch three seasons of season, season one, one yeah. of The Leftovers. It's really dark. Yeah. But I also think one as a one season thing. If The Leftovers was just a one season show the, at the end of that season, at the end of that so, season, yeah. it would be it would go down as one of the greatest single season shows of all time. Yeah. 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 Well,
1: because yeah. you, you get that, and you get that the benefit that you have, because that could never be the case for a season that wasn't the first season of something, because. Yeah you've come after the original. When you have that original, you always get the benefit of you get to start everything and you don't have to build off any other planks from pre-existing seasons.
0: Uh, season two, the location shifts Maple- uh, from Mapleton to Garden, Texas where you introduce the Murphy family, uh, John, Erica, Michael, and Evie. Yep. Uh, and the third season unfolds in 2018 as you sort of move to Australia. You really focus more on Kevin's dad, who I'm losing the actor's name right now. Mm. What's his name? Uh, the guy who plays oh. Kevin's dad. He's great. I'm going to yep. look him up. Uh, so, Kev, who, what's your favorite of these seasons?
1: I, I don't know. It's hard to Scott pick a uh, favorite season. I like them. Um, I like them all. Uh, probably. I mean, the third. Really? If I really? was forced to pick, yeah. It would be the, yeah. to watch the characters all come to fruition and to watch all the threads of the... Like, you've been watching something being weaved and mm. put together, and you've seen it up close in little parts, but to be able to zoom out and watch... All the threads come together in the completed whole and see like the completion, real deep dive on the characters yeah. that you've grown to care about. Um, the third season is definitely the show that, that pushed it home for me that, oh, this is one of yeah. the best shows I've ever seen in mm-hmm. my life. The first season was amazing, it's what hooked me. I loved it. I really liked the second season, I liked the expansion and all that stuff. But the third season is where it cleared that bar yeah. where, where mm-hmm. it was, you know, something different for me.
2: You know? Well, that's where we'll probably. Because this goes not horror and like the supernatural ish stuff, right? Versus mm. like so. I, I, that makes sense for season three, mm-hmm. you explaining it, because it gets a little bit more into, not mystical and, and strange and out there, but it gets weirder and a little mm-hmm. bit more yeah. headier. Yes. The first season I can see happening, and it kind of is in an extent, like, just in everyday life, where, like, mm-hmm. yeah. if something like this did happen, the idea of, like, this religious group forming and people were, like, all these things could happen in any town. Yeah, Right, yeah. and as a season two and three go on, it kind of extends... To some, you have to have a lot more faith and uh, make up your own mind about stuff. Yeah. The first season, straight up, these people, there are a bunch of people that just don't understand what's going on don't like each other, and they just conflict. They, that's like do, every day. I think they
1: do a really good job of taking the viewers on the same ride that all the people on the show are going on, where the second season is a lot about people looking for hope and explanation, mm-hmm. thinking you're right around the corner from something that's going to make it all make sense and make it all okay, yep. and then they really blow apart the fact that that's not the thing, so viewers, just like all the townspeople in Jardin and this and that, I think they're going to be saved, there's going to be something that's going to happen, that's going to fix it, that's going to make sense. Uh, it pulls us viewers in that direction, too, and then we're sort of left at the end. We're like, no, that's not going to right. happen. That's not. You just have to... It is what it is, you know? And a bonus for the season, too,
2: is Matthew's work at the beginning in that Carney village there with the people yes. who can't get in. Yeah. The that second, scenery of the, the Carney village there is, is the probably The that, that solidifies him yeah. as a top top <clears throat>
1: tier character on this show. Yeah,
2: and he's got a whole thing with his wife That we haven't even touched down that super deep and like goes beyond just the premise of even what the, there's so much to it, so much. I'm always
0: intrigued by characters who are faithful that I enjoy because I'm I'm an atheist, right? So if I'm drawn to the priest character who's very religious, you can tell it's something captivating about that character because I wouldn't normally be drawn to that particular point of view. Uh, I want to say real quick, Scott Glenn, who plays uh, Kevin yeah. Kevin Garvey Senior, might be the heat check performance of the series. He's yeah, he's, he's really yeah, I mean, good, super, super, well, sure. he's super. Good. He has to exist to explain
2: a lot of stuff, stuff that Kevin does. Yeah, either yeah. being like uh, well, to biologically set up the, the
1: conflict of whether he's mentally ill or whether he's exactly, some sort of right. or going through some sort of weird. Exactly. Uh,
0: so if you guys could choose to live at any of these locations—Mapleton, New York; Jarden, Texas; or Victoria, Australia—what are you picking, guys? I took Carney Town outside of <laughs> you want to live in the Carney Town that makes all the sense in the world. What is it? I, put
2: me up on the on the wall. It's my turn. <laughs> Victoria Australia seems super chill. Victoria Australia,
1: Nora's house specifically was super <laughs> chill. Nice. Yeah, yeah. she's so just like riding
2: the bike around. Like, uh, I, I mean, what was her what job that. out there? Glimmering eggs. She the pigeon thing.
0: Uh. Nice countryside biking. With doing. the love messages sent to them. <laughs> yeah. So the Guilty Remnant. Let's talk about this cult for a second. Mm. Uh, point of Guilty Remnant, they were all white, they're smoking cigarettes, they lurk outside of people's houses. They don't speak. They don't speak. They write on notepads. Can, can either of you guys explain to me what's the point of the Guilty Remnant? Like, What point are they trying to get across? They, f- they're the rapture, the religious part of it, I think.
2: that the, These people are paying, that's paying for the sins type of deal. We're here to... Isn't it more about remembering?
0: Like they want you to remember what happened. That's what I feel like. I'm not sure what the guilty remnants like to serve long as a planned. reminder. Yeah, to not get yeah,
1: over it per se. Yeah, I mean that's what they say. You know, repeatedly, and we're like, they serve as a reminder. They're the guilty. Guilty. Rem- rem- the people yeah. that are here, and the only thing that matters to them, nothing matters. Because it's all over and they're here to serve as a reminder to the fact that the world ended on this certain day yeah. and everything's over. And everybody left here is just left here for absolutely nothing because there's no point to do anything except for sit and wait for your drink yeah. to die. Pain for this. Your reminder So is they constant, serve as a man. living reminder to... That's why people get mad when they see and They try why they to recruit stand people on the to their thing because you notice the people who go over, the people who become so frustrated where they're like, this is too much. There's no point. This is all crazy. There's no point to living. During the Guilty Remnant is a is a form of soft suicide for these people, yeah. you know what I mean? It
0: feels like it's not an attractive enough package for me, in this... You don't, <laughs> you don't have that level of
1: despair, right. you know what yeah. I mean? These people aren't picking, like, vacation right. resorts, you... These people are... Everybody who joins it is somebody who's been so damaged and so pushed to the brink that they have... Left they feel over. like they have no yeah. left, no other option left to go, so they yeah. just say, fuck it, I'm done with this, they wash their hands of it, and they're like... What's the point of any of this? I'm going to join the Guilty Remnant and just, you know, wait for the end. And that's, that's where we all went. My live. side, <clears throat> when this was all happened, too, is I want to see the sides. Like, how do I get
2: in on that? Yes, you like, are. Like, in. the 2% <laughs> went. Well, I want in on that. I don't want to be like, what was I doing to miss, like, that, you know, I want to jump in. Are I, they
1: somewhere better? They better not be somewhere better. Yeah, if they're where somewhere they go? better, I want to go with that. Give them.
2: me a new machine to go well, there, whatever the case is. Like, I'll you... figure it all out so I can go with those guys type of thing. I don't want to be left with these Dirt balls? Us 98% weren't good enough? <laughs> we've said it a million times. They're burning the last, towns well, down? Ultimate universe burned
0: <laughs> we've, said it the, we've said it a bunch of times in the last 32 minutes, but I feel like I really, again, need to really hit the, the spoiler clap. Like, So in the very last episode of the show, mm. Nora is sitting down at a table with Kevin. Mm-hmm. And she tells him that she went through a procedure that sent her to the other side. And the big... Reveal, I suppose, is that for this world they're living in, 2% of people vanished. Yes. But for the people who vanished, 98% of the world vanished for them. They live for them, like for them. dimension. Yeah, right, so a speak.
2: whole different level
0: of... Uh, and then she claims that she came back. And Kevin believes her. Yes. Do you believe that she went to the... Oh, you don't believe it. You're shaking your head no. <laughs> you think she made it up. I don't know. I mean,
2: it's left to... Interpretation, right? Like, so, does it matter if she went? I no, guess. that's kind of the point. Yeah. That
1: was gonna be. That was my. Answer. Yeah, you his, were gonna say no. She didn't. You were gonna say yes. She didn't. I was gonna say. It say yeah, matter. it does It's that's, that's not.
2: That's like the bury the weed thing, right? Yeah, her actually going somewhere doesn't matter. There's closure to those two's yeah. lives to an extent about like it just the. Matters the
1: that he believes her, and she. The whole, I mean, the whole show. She's wrestling with with trying to give herself permission to move on from this grief and this loss and these people that she's lost because, and people struggle with this when they lose somebody trying to figure out like what's, the appropriate amount of time am i a bad person like it feels weird to forget but inevitably when you move on you know people things fade and forget and there's a lot of guilt and weight and wrestling well, with like you know, right is from it okay the start for me to move on right from the start okay?
2: Nora's part of the whole process of looking for answers and gathering data right from the start she's working with the government and mm-hmm. showing up at people's houses so like right when her character's introduced you know she's not stopping yeah. until she can find out for her own personal sake and I think the idea of the 98% <clears throat> is closure for her saying, yeah. I'm here with all of these other people still and we're chasing these 2%. What about the that other side? They're missing everything they knew. They're probably 10 times more depressed if they exist in some realm, right? Like being taken from everything you yeah. know is on the flip side. Wow, not that bad if I still have 98% of my life, right? Like, I guess the same
0: question applies to, you. do you think Kevin was a prophet. <laughs> was,
2: was he... No, I think he was yeah. batshit crazy and just was the perfect man for this post apocalyptic world. <laughs> oh.
1: But he... Yeah. <clears throat> <something, throat> he was buried underground for too long, right? Like, you're not yeah. just... I'm crazy so I can is breathe underground for eight That's hours. That's what my yeah. thing is. is yeah. How
2: much is he actually... It's hard to say. Living in fantasy and reality type mm-hmm. of stuff, right? Like, yeah, yeah. They, they blur these lines a lot of mm-hmm. what one, what's in his head and what's not. And they really, they yeah. do it quite a bit back and forth yeah. where you're not quite sure if he's just being crazy or if this is actually happening to him, so. What are your biggest disappointments from the series? That Kevin didn't wake up having it all be a
0: dream. Oh, you wanted the, da- <laughs> you wanted the Dallas ending. Uh, I would say mostly disappointing for me was I felt like there was a lot of characters who I had grown invested in that by the end sort of vanished. Tom mm-hmm. was barely around by the end. Jill... I thought you didn't
1: like Tom. I thought that wasn't your guy.
0: Yeah, but they never. Com- there was no story conclusion to it. like. I know he's mm-hmm. not my guy, but they seem to be leading somewhere with him. Like now he's a cop working for his dad. and then he's just sort of gone really for mm-hmm. the last season. He just
1: there's no. I think that's where they left him.
0: Yeah, because just...
1: they left because the first two episodes, left, the whole last season mm-hmm. wasn't in Australia. Those first yeah. two episodes were in Jarden, where mm-hmm. he was the cop, mm-hmm. and then they just sort of leave him for the final showdown, uh, like the sort of like the stand, or you get a, yeah a like Dan vibes to this yeah, show well, Jill already also, gone remember, for the whole season at the end Kevin's a cop his dad's a cop
2: right yeah. and now he's a cop you can almost foreshadow that Martin he has Laqually a lot of yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. got a lot of Kevin's life coming at him yeah. right you already saw um, what was gonna happen to Tom it was called Kevin and <laughs> his dad on top of that so
1: Tom's probably well, not looking Kevin wasn't his dad
2: that's uh, right. He
0: adopted The whole Murphy right. family in Texas, I feel like, takes a hit That's in season right. three. Like, John's character, I think, takes a bit of a dive. Michael gets sort of John pushed John and to Michael sort of become like the apostles. Like, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah sort of um, back there doing bidding. It's almost and like there's I not enough
2: time for John, is the way I felt throughout it. The, like, there could have
0: been more out of him. Ooh, Regina King could have been my heat check. She was not in the show enough, but she was really good when she That's, was in it. She I would wish, count,
1: yeah, yeah, because she was in only small amounts of it. I her. wish she was in it more. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Yeah, I feel like, they, again, just all of a sudden we're getting a lot of time with Scott Glenn not that i didn't like it but like mm. he just comes like a really major part the of the return last of him season from that yeah. first season cuz he was a huge part of that first season yeah so i just think there were some characters i wish i got a little more time with in the mm. end of the i think out.
2: yeah they probably needed a little bit more time in general cuz i think season 3 has a little bit longer episodes mm. in general with only being 8 i think there's a couple hour and a half ones and stuff in there too so they mm. try to to fill out no, no. it's all one hour episodes yeah. I thought they run to like 70 um, something minutes sometimes.
0: Would you guys be interested in more stories in this universe? Whether it would be a spin off series based in sure. this universe? Let's take yeah. a good look,
1: yeah. I mean, it would be tough. If you didn't have the same people and writers and directors right. attached and actors and the same level of seriousness and reverence, you would certainly lose something. But I found the world to be compelling enough that mm-hmm. I would be into seeing more of it, definitely. Cool. See, I was almost.
2: I preferred them remaining more in location than mm-hmm. going to other stuff. So what I would prefer it be, it would have to be something on like Mapleton mm-hmm. before, you know what I mean? Or whatever it is. Um, or Jarden before a certain location. I don't know about like trying to keep up with characters in multiple locations type yeah. of deal. Or, you know, it would have to be, I think the idea of like a whole show of Jarden before uh, Kevin even gets whiff of it, sure. would be okay when you get a little bit more of John. A little better call, Saul Yeah. Yeah, something okay. like that, and then that show mm-hmm. kind of blends in with everybody trying to get there type of deal. That might work, but mm. not another one where there's other characters in all these crazy spots dealing with the same stuff. I don't know if I need, like, an extended
0: part of that. Give me more of a prequel or something like that. The yeah. Tom Chronicles. Leftovers, the Tom Chronicles. What was Tom plan- doing? Don't
1: miss me with that.
0: <laughs> uh, who won the series? If you had to pick somebody. Lindelof. Does that count? So that's an interesting question. I'm glad. I'm glad you said it. Did you like other Lindelof stuff as well? Like are you a lost person? Like for
2: a few seasons. And watching leftovers gives me a new appreciation for what I got frustrated with with Lost because mm. I think in a perfect world, leftovers would have been three seasons of sorts of Lost. Well, yeah, you are just putting them on an island instead of in Jarden, maybe. Yeah, we saw <laughs> I
1: mean, we, lost, we lost right over it. I think when we were starting, but like they, you know coming from the same guy who created Lost. Like, Lost is a giant show with a lot of, like, cultural ramifications and it was a show that kind of came early before a lot of mm-hmm. these shows and people have strong feelings. It was one of the first shows that people were like, oh, my God, you got to watch this. Yeah, it made you go into philosophy. And thus got frustrated with the ending. And that's, I remember, I think, Sam, you asked when you were starting, you're like, am I going to be frustrated with the ending? And I told you I didn't think you would be.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm looking at his, uh, I'm looking at Lindelof's, like, uh, filmography here. This might be his apex mountain for me personally. Like, I, yeah, cuz yeah. I mean I like Star Trek in the Darkness and Star Trek they're just mm-hmm. fine. Uh but like Lost will probably be the Colony Cowboys versus aliens, that the Z. Come yeah. for, I uh, think. I like Lost is a show that I I just kind of is too far out for me well, to look at He's yeah, probably yeah. collecting
2: royalties on I like that Watchmen, show. though. Watchmen L- was good. Later in life, right? I loved Watchmen. Like, like, is, Watchmen is, is Lindelof really? 80 years old and still getting lost checks for, like, some sort of streaming or syndication? Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. probably. For
0: sure. Uh, I would say, for me, I think this, I think, I think Thoreau. I think, I really, like, Justin Thoreau, what's the thing that people associated
2: him with before this? I'm, uh, like goofy bad guys and some stuff or like a yeah. heartthrob jerk maybe like type of deal right she he's got the yeah. 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 yeah like, like in a movie though he'd probably get like the hot babe that like the nerdy guy steals or something like that like usually that type of thing he's kind of a prick successful businessman maybe like mm-hmm. who needs to be conquered by this- some regular guy
1: yeah,
0: I mean, he's doing, like, David Lynch movies, he's doing Mulholland Drive, he's doing Inland Empire, he's in American Psycho, briefly. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's in, like, he's doing, like, Charlie's Angels movies, though. Like, yeah, he's a bad felt... guy in Charlie's Angels. I feel like this woke up a lot of people to this, like, oh, he's really good. Like, the second way I read with a lot of stuff was like, man, this guy, I didn't realize that he was good. And yeah, I yeah. feel like it helped sort of solidify him as, like, a guy that Carrie people... Carrie like. Coon was
1: amazing, but people knew she was a great actress. Yeah. You know what I mean? She, she still stepped up a level above and she still raised her quite a bit with this show but yeah he was a revelation certainly i had never seen him much also we talk about the cast and we talk about the people this show because it's such a wide dense show had so many different characters which means it was ripe for a lot of different actors and people to get stuffed in there so this was an excellent that guy show yeah. Like you got to give a shout My out dad. to Eddie Winslow, Eddie Winslow, Eddie Winslow, right. Eddie Family Man yeah, was in it son. for an episode. Marklin Davis of Perfect uh, Strangers, Twice. yeah, yeah. Marklin did playing himself in Amazing. the cameo from Perfect Strangers, super meta. Uh, Brett Butler, who had yeah. that show Grace Under Fire when we were younger. Yep. she was in it for a couple yep. episodes. Um, so there were a lot of people like that who I enjoyed seeing. Where it was a ton of people just shoved in, and yep. it's like, oh, I remember this this person. Who's the girl? A lot of like that, '90s sitcom actors just playing. Who's cybers. the lady with the glasses
2: that gets stoned?
1: Oh um you're talking about God, I
0: can't sure remember anything. She doesn't
2: uh last. Oh darkest. Obviously, moment of the show. spoiler alert. One of the darkest. Her moments of the first show. parts from the time she's introduced to the time she gets her comeuppance is probably the best um villainy stuff. I think she's like the most hateable bad guy. Up until she gets stoned in the face. Like, she literally gets exactly what she deserves. Yeah. She's, like, intolerable. People don't like her. She's, like, moody and rude. And she's doing all the fucking heavy lifting for Patty, basically, right? Like, mm. she's, uh, she's burning cigarettes on people. and st- You know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah, all yeah. sorts of weird, cruel stuff. She's the original bad guy out of that Guilty remnant, even though Patty, like, exists. I feel like mm. that muscle. And she doesn't get enough time because she's yeah. out after, like, what? Like, six or seven episodes or something. And uh, literally, the grossest thing. Yeah. You'll watch on television.
0: Hey, you I don't know. That? I don't know, man. There's a sequence in that Penultimate episode where uh, the Justin Thoreau has to reach into Justin Thoreau to get a key, and it's See, pretty, pretty brutal. Like, like, I cared not for that.
2: That's, like, you can do dummies and corpses. That's, like, a Halloween horror show thing. Putting, yeah. like, someone's real, face, yeah, yeah getting yeah. smashed in with a rock, and they're doing it uh, in face awkward timing, I mean, face too, where you yeah. think it's, like, over... And then another one comes, right? So it's just, and she's trying to talk finally. And but she this can't. is not, you know, generally, I guess, if somebody
1: up. made it this far and the show's been spoiled, but you're still going to watch it, you know, this show doesn't rely on that kind of stuff very much, mm. which is why when the stuff like that happens, it's so striking. And yeah. she deserved it. Something like You it, knew she was going to get It's, so it's not like question. a show where, like, you took a show I mean, like Walking Dead where it's a splatter yeah. fest every week. You know what this I mean? This
0: lady was heading, cruising for a bruising, they'd say. So, uh, where do you guys put this? And this will be my final question here before we head out. Uh, where do you guys put this in your television pantheon of your favorite shows? Is this your S-tier? Is this A-tier? B-tier? Top tier. Top tier. Top, whatever my top tier is. So S-tier. It tier.
1: has to exist
2: in a certain um, genre of it, right? Like, Because um, there's a lot of show. I like the show a lot. Mm-hmm. But it's not the same as A Better Call Saul categorically, right? Like, uh, if you... Like we are saying, to kind of wrap it all back around when we are starting with, this isn't a show that I would even... Openly discuss in my top five if I'm going on shows, if it's not with people, right? Too it's too much a to a even try thing, to explain. Right? It's definitely yeah. a
1: personal for some, yeah, my personal list, but I agree with it, that because I think there's bands like that too, right? And band. I know you know what I mean, Sam, where there's certain bands where I'm like, I love this band, and my friends who are like my music friends who I think would like this band, I will very passionately recommend you listen to every song this band ever made. Shit. But for the people at large, I'm just kind of, you know, this is gonna be our last segment, isn't it? Yes. You have to pick a Spotify pick before we get done at the end we'll, of the segment. We'll be, we, oh, here, now? Well, in a minute. Soon I'll oh. we'll warn you now before we okay. get there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Arbitrary thing. Well, Sorry, I just thought so I about we were doing it, on, but I, was, I would pull you. Yeah, I don't, yeah. It would be one of those weird bands you recommend. But though. that's They're what really... it's kind of, so yeah. yeah, when you put it on the tiers.
0: I would say, for me, it's hard to place this show right now because I just watched it. I think it's really tough for me to be like. This is my it's new not a favorite television top show, five. Right? Yeah, you're better off saying. Like I am you're putting in... this though. It's short. It's pretty concise in terms of the story, so I like, I can't sit here and say that I'm going to put it next to like Sopranos or Breaking Bad. Today. Yeah. <laughs> right. I would. I have it sort of on my Deadwood tier, which is that one Ooh. step below. I love. Mm, I man. love Deadwood though. It's like you're you're you guys don't like, better way better than you better. guys don't like Deadwood as much as me though. Like, I think Deadwood's one of my favorite shows. Sure. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. A short show that I feel like gets a lot in in three seasons with really strong acting. They're not the same story, but there's a lot of similarities in terms of, like, the power of the performances, the power of the actors in those shows. Yeah. Um, The way the show is sort of structured and sort of expands on its own little internal universe. Uh, not so much in Deadwood, but that's mm. where my sort where like, I have it. And that's some that, shows right exist below my S <clears throat> tier
2: in like a bleak. There's some shows where
0: you're not supposed to leave.
2: There's feel good shows, right? Like uh, I don't. This one doesn't leave you thinking that like anything's good, gonna gonna eh, overly come good to the main people, right? So when you get some sort of closure, you're kind of waiting for everybody to you don't expect good things to happen. And it's hard to kind of stomach a show that way where like you're kind of expecting bad things and maybe answers you don't get and then trying to stack it as like a top thing because it'll leave you a little bit frustrating to an extent. And then people that watch it to try to make the point back to them. I could see people getting lost in the show. Mm. Literally halfway. Well, yeah, but you might get four episodes in and be like, this is totally boring. It's like they literally go to a whole nother location and like there's so much more to the show that you got to get through. But I don't think I could talk people into sticking with it. If that makes sense, like it's not a show that yeah. you, you'll put in that thing where I'm going to waste the time. I mean, we did now 45 minutes on the podcast, <laughs> but that's what it takes, and yeah. someone has to see part of it first to even my, explain it. You know? you know,
1: my my list, my personal list of tears gives uh, zero consideration to others. Yeah, it's my list. Yeah, you yeah, know what I mean? So for me, and for where I'm put, it, like you know, it, I wouldn't recommend it the same way just because things fall in the same tier doesn't always mean they're directly comparable. Right, did, right, correct. Right? Right. There's a lot of, like, Seinfeld is also on my absolute top top mm-hmm. tier. Right. And like we did when we did the the TV, the, the bracket challenge and sure. everything. You know, sometimes you can't, just because things aren't directly comparable doesn't mean you don't hold them at the same level. But I agree with you that you can't, it's not a show that I just tell everybody, hey, go watch. You know, right. like I tell just about anybody, go watch The Wire. You're going to like The Wire if you watch The Wire, mm-hmm. right? But a show like this, you got to pick and choose your spots.
0: And I wonder if I suffered a little bit because of binging it. Just the sheer unrelenting amount of like. It's a mix. Grief that I would get from episode to episode was very much like draining. It drained me. They
2: spaced these seasons out too. If like you have the actual like timeline, I want to say season one and season two to season three were not quick no and they were no. short so if you were watching in real time you had to wait a considerable amount of time to even get kicked off on like the second Between season the next season so yeah. yeah and then you went, went weekly there for only 10 weeks and it was like over a year again for like uh the third season and stuff like so i almost yeah, this by the, the third show, season
1: you were coming down on mondays and we were watching it together at like yeah. noon or one o'clock yeah did it
0: lose the sopranos in our contest i'm trying to find the i think it got hosed hard if I, I, I mean, I can't put it past *Sopranos*. *Sopranos* still probably the best single television experience in my life. Mm. I would say. Um, you know why? Because like, want not every episode of *Sopranos* is soul-crushingly bleak. <laughs> yeah. you know? yeah. Like some of them are jolly for the most part, as mm. jolly as you can be when you're like you know mm. being gangsters.
1: That's what I really appreciate about the about the leftovers is just the the depth and the degree of difficulty and the execution and like the craft. You know what I mean? Like. Just every from from top to bottom, it's really it was a, a big attempt. It's mm-hmm. a really big swing and knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Yeah. I love to see. Well, it. I think
2: there's a lot to say about the idea that like you'll watch The Sopranos over and over. There's great. You'll never probably watch The Leftovers it. again. There's no. greatness in that. I can right? say, it was self-serving and satisfying one way through. You got what you want
1: out of it. You don't need to go back and see other things, right? Like I, think I can it's say it's better as the, off as a one-off. since I I didn't rewatch all of it, but I watched a lot but with of episodes 10, of him yeah. and I watched some to catch up with him. I got so much out of the rewatch that I didn't Mm. get from it the first time. Um, I found it to be real. It's not something that I'm going to rewatch three times a year as casual background TV when you're like cleaning the house or doing something, but I definitely got a lot from the rewatch and there were a lot of things that I was able to, just like it is when you rewatch something really good where you're not just holding on trying to figure out what's going on. You're taking a more leisurely stroll through and you pick up on some different stuff. So I would recommend a rewatch on this. I would take some time. I'm not saying let's run back episode one here today. Yeah. No. No, 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 but don't write it off your list forever because I really enjoyed the second watch. Yeah, I like the idea
2: of just being generally confused by the show. I mm-hmm. think I know what was going That's on. It. I'm pretty certain. I'm satisfied with what I thought was going on, right? But yeah, yeah. it's you one know, of those things, is everybody will interpret it differently, and it's almost like if I go yeah. back through and ruin that part of it, like uh, I don't know if I would. You know, I don't. I don't know. Maybe it still, led, it still
1: it. led me to the same conclusion when I was done. Yeah, I just enjoyed. It was like listening to it. You know, the first time you listen to one of your favorite albums, and then when you go back and you listen to it again, you're picking up more and more in mm-hmm. that album. you know, maybe you didn't notice that background track in the second verse and the third song the first time through, but you're going through, you're just getting to know it better. Yeah. I found a lot of that. and It was like a really heavy, depressing album that you're not going to listen to all the time on a sunny if day,
0: I, but you love it nonetheless. If I commit to starting Better Call Saul, mm. ooh. Will you Ooh Justin commit to watching the first season of Twin Peaks? Ooh Yeah, that's easy. I've seen
2: a bunch of Twin Peaks even before you had been I told you I worked with a guy who I'll was a big you. fan. I've never sat down and binged it, but I've Almost. seen enough of it just knowing our buddy Rick, who's a fan yeah. of the show as well, uh Twin Peaks, not the potty hates it.
1: Um, uh, yeah, so a lot
2: of, we went through a lot, especially at the ad group, we did a lot of TK, you know, a lot of, a lot of, um, Lynch research and watching and, and stuff was just because the topic of conversation, you know, it was interesting stuff. I would gladly watch it.
0: I think there's a lot of parallels between those two shows. Although the difference is that Twin Peaks has a noticeable dip in the second season. Like that's the biggest issue with with comparing those two shows. They are both three seasons. Mm. Although I guess the third season of Twin Peaks feels like a bit of an outlier. A really cool outlier. Yes. But an There's outlier nonetheless.
2: a little bit. With the like, just kind yeah. of
1: wrapping yeah, up a lot of stuff. Leftover, you know? Leftovers probably also, I mean, you, you have to imagine everybody involved in Leftovers learned from Twin Peaks. Yeah. And watched Twin yeah. Peaks be a show first. I think Twin mean? Peaks
0: prepped me for the weirdness that was coming. Because honestly... Nothing was quite as weird as any Twin Peaks shit. Like, yeah. it's
1: weird, mm-hmm.
0: but Twin Peaks gets into some yeah. weird shit. And, and we're they talking. stick to it and for st- yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 Where are we talking? We yeah. might get, like, a weird you know, know why? 90-second the sequence. Big, the big difference between Twin Peaks and uh, and this show, I think, when it comes to that, is Twin Peaks sort of goes out of its way to try and explain the mysticism. It gives you, like, backstory to the mysticism. Like, they mm. send you into these alternate dimensions, Yeah, and you yeah. meet characters who live out there, and you really gotta, like okay, you're the gatekeeper, whatever, you know what I mean? uh, And sometimes, you know, it's just, there's a lot of that. Uh, I think Leftovers leaves a lot for you to figure out. Right, uh, in terms of it's what Watchmen's supposed own, to be, I think yeah. for him
2: too. In terms of how we wrap
0: that show up is yeah, that, you're not supposed to because yeah. yeah. Watchmen's is not this mysterious.
1: Watchmen feels much more straightforward than yes, this show.
0: Certainly, certainly. Uh, then, especially in terms of, like its narrative, yeah, so, there's
1: still mystery within the narrative, like any good mystery story. But this is more like I don't even know what the narrative is yeah, all
0: the time. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we've gone 52 minutes. I think that's enough. <laughs> um, Justin, thanks for coming by and yeah, chatting no us no up with
2: this. Uh, uh, one last thing. I would be curious if he did this show first and then this got him that underground buzz that let him do Lost second. I think that would be a whole interesting or run thing. running back Lost. No, if they, they just switched these, where this was like his cult hit that got him a bigger ABC show, and then he took. like I wish Lost, uh, this
0: show was done before he got a chance to do Lost. I don't
1: think he could have made this show if he hadn't made Lost. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right, folks. If you have HBO Max and you've made it this far, and you listen to our whole spoiler, and you still want to listen, watch the show, and you haven't already, it's on HBO Max. Oh, there's HBO so Go much right we didn't now. even touch. Yeah, so, so much, much stuff. Much. Uh, all right. Thanks again, Justin. Again, no we will link everything for your upcoming event, August. What did you say? Sixteenth. August sixteenth. Uh, sign, uh, you can follow Justin and uh, Facebook and social media maybeunica.com you can follow not Kevin me. not me not you you can follow Kevin at underscore Don't Kevin Sullivan uh, you can follow, follow Justin up
1: and down the street that's, what you can,
0: that's where you can follow me you can follow me at SF2. you can follow Heather at HeatherWaz1 you can uh, that's it enjoy the show at com. we are on Facebook SoundCloud Instagram Spotify uh, Stitcher, Stitcher, Stitcher Hive Stitcher, Stitcher Hive <laughs> taking over the web. Uh, sign our humanoids wait Stupid. did he pick us on? Uh, we'll do it in the other second. Oh, because all the people
1: have signed off now. No. So yeah, it's, like, I'm not looking good I'm
0: Stupid. Orders. I should have made a big. Yeah, I <laughs> don't know why I made a big deal out of it. Uh, sign <laughs> our humanoids. Keep it tight. Woodstock lives. Uh, the tape machines are rolling. We are desperately out of time, and we will see you next week on another episode of the Unicast. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Be safe, humanoids.